sorted, mate. Yeah, just go for it. I think that's it. No, I'm recording. Have you pressed record? Uh, yeah, but I will check again just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is recording. Yeah. Okay. Do you need, I'm recording do you, the audio. Do you need so me to set a timer for um, it said, your battle? Yeah. It says well, it says it records for 28, 29 minutes. Okay, so and that's just yeah. And that's just started now. Right. Uh, yeah. Tw- 20, 25 minutes. I'll set one for 25 yeah. and then that gives us a bit of leeway. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Right, James. Ooh, I think. Are we ready end. to rumble? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. We've got beer. We've got camera. We've got audio. <laughs> Folks, yeah. this is the sidecar, guys. How are you doing, <laughs> hey, boys? Guys. You all right? Hey, very well. Thank you. Yeah. How are Excellent. you, Bruce? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I'm I'm uh, I'm gravy, as they say. You two lads sound like you're um, stressed to the hilt at the moment. A lot going on. <laughs> it's been a day, mate. It's been a busy time, mate. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, launching a book and um, got the Overland event coming up. Got a big book launch party on Monday night, so it's been all wow. go in the scooter and sidecar world. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. It's fantastic to see everything going for you. It really is. And you're you're throwing yourselves into it. I love this armchair film festival thing you've got going on. What an awesome idea. Um, we we, We will chat all about that. But I think first off, we better let the people who are watching and listening know a bit about you two guys if mm. they haven't been following you already. So can I pass it over to you just to introduce yourselves and tell people a bit, well, what you've been up to? Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And and first things first. Slange. Oh, yes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. the uh, there we go. That's it. All the best. Yeah. 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 So about us and why we call ourselves the sidecar guys. Then I mm. guess um, <laughs> it's a bit. You write a GS. Yeah. Uh, a well, we, we went around the world in a scooter and sidecar. Um, awesome. Did. 34,000 miles through 35 countries, and we broke the Guinness World Record for the longest journey by scoot inside that. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was basically, um, I guess, the scoot and sidecar part of it was just something a bit different, really, for we'd mix it up. Um, it was kind of um, the, the idea of um, we'd never done anything like it before. Right. We were incredibly naive and just <laughs> thought of the most stupid thing we could possibly think of and thought, Let's just give it a go and, and see and see what happens, really. So we literally did uh, never run a motorcycle before, didn't even know how to change a tire, went Brilliant. and passed our tests, and then three months later we were setting off, yeah. So I love it that. Was, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so was yeah. it literally just an idea born over a, a couple of beers? That'll be a fun thing. Let's go and do it. The idea was, so if we go, stri- if we go all the way back to when it mm-hmm. really started, yeah, we'll, go, we'll, we'll strip it properly back. <laughs> um, we were both living in Golders Green in London, uh-huh. both both finished university, so this is about five, six years ago, both living in the same flat in Golders Green. The, the sort of cycle was um, dead-end jobs, go home, Easy, mate. Play, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> play FIFA for about four hours, and then go down to Camden, for the two of us for a night on the tiles boozing till three in the morning and do it all again so the dream basically bit, you were living yeah, the dream you know, that's, yeah. that's what people want yeah. living Got the dream you. yeah <laughs> and then uh, and then we kind of thought well that's not really what we want and there's a few sort of um, I suppose at the time there's a few sort of 
stories in the news that we didn't necessarily agree with. It was a little thing like, I don't even remember the Cali migrant crisis and that sort of mm. stuff. And we just were reading about it and we thought that doesn't really sit right with those. They were sort of labelling people as um, murderers, rapists, that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we just kind of thought, well, that's not, we don't really know any people that seem helpless to us. So then we thought, well, are people helpless? Is the world being painted in a nasty picture because of the fact that it is a nasty place? Or is mm. it because of the fact that, you know, it's just what people want you to hear because it helps sell papers? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So then, and then, so from there, we decided the next day or something like the next day, we found four whiteboards for sale halfway across London. And so we went, we trekked across London, took four massive whiteboards, um, back on the tube. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> then we started hashing out ideas. It's ridiculous, yeah. actually. Put and nobody batted an eyelid, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we got back to our flat, put them all on different walls. Our flatmate got home and was like, what have you done with the living room? <laughs> um, and then we started hashing out plans, really, what, what, what we could do that was related to this particular idea of what is the world, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the idea was that we wanted to kind of go to these places and tell everyday stories from everyday life and just see what the world was made of. Um, and then the transport was just a means to do that, really, and a means to right. show off so people would look at it and read our stories. So we had loads of stupid ideas, like Flintstone style and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and um, and then we just sat on scooters and sidecars. We thought they were funny. Mm. And no one had ever done it before. We quite like the idea of being the first people to ever do something, as niche as it is. Yeah. Um, and we just picked it and, just, and then we started planning for like a year and a half. And then... We just actually started doing, and we left about six months later. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah mm. man. It was, a, it, was, it was an exciting time. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then, in, in that six months before you left, I mean, did you, uh, pardon my ignorance, but did you, did you get any sort of like corporate backing or did you just literally, this is my sort of rough route. I've got some mm. cash in the bank. Let's hit the road and go. No, we, we were definitely yeah, we lucky. Sponsored, yeah. yeah, so so oh, don't get me wrong. Cool. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we 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 sort of ripped the ring out of every single Barclay card, credit card we possibly had. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, we definitely were lucky. We we so when I say dead end jobs, it's probably a bit harsh, really. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting. Pay for it. We worked for a company called Flight Centre, and they're an oh, awesome yeah, yeah. company. And uh-huh. Reese was just trying to paint a dreary scene, I think. No, yeah. but um, yeah, they paid for us to go around the world, basically. Wow. Um, so yeah, they 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 originally they paid for the motorbike if we paid for the sidecar. And yeah. then we got a couple of guys to build the sidecar for us for free. Yeah. So we are lucking out there. Nice. Um, we didn't mean to, but that no, was just yeah. amazing. That's a whole other story. And um, yeah, then we had the bike and we were off around the world. Then Flight Center gave us some cash to get on our way. And we still spent every penny we had or made yeah, now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was really, really lucky. It's so expensive to do something like that. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was it. We were off. Yeah. So when was that so we, you yeah. actually left? What was like D-Day that you left? 21st of October, 2017. October? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you went west, didn't you? You went, well, you went down through Africa, then west, yeah. around that way. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, I think it went north and south, you, right? Yeah, but, yeah. You might be surprised by the seasons. and There was no planning in that stuff. We planned <laughs> so long and just learned nothing mm. and then just left. Um, we didn't even have a sleeping bag on the day we left. I bought that on the way to the Ace Cafe. So we didn't have insurance on <laughs> the day no. we left. Yeah, no. we actually 
we got to um, we set off from Ace Cafe, and the night before, we were trying to get insurance because you can't really get ins- it's really hard to get insurance no. for this sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you're out of I'm, Europe, yeah, yeah no. no one was interested. If you're no. like, and so, but we kind of didn't realize it'd be that complicated. And then we were setting off at seven in the morning on a Saturday, and at five to six, five inch four, all insurance. Uh, brokers closed on the Friday we were trying to get insurance oh and we were God. coming to terms with the fact because we did a rally for the beginning of it from London to Paris we had a load of bikers come with us yeah, but yeah. we were coming to terms with the fact that they were going to rally with us to Paris and then we were going to have to rally with them back to the UK <laughs> to get our insurance because of the fact you had to be travel insurance you have, yeah. yeah you oh, have to right. be you can't get it on the road, can you? Because they don't know if they're insuring you for an accident that's already happened or something, silly. So, oh, of course, know. didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, we got it. We got it. We five minutes to spare. I mean, that didn't happen. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, I think we I... left, and it was it was good. Yeah. It was good. That's the it trip. Was good. It, was, it was a good it was time, good. man. Cheers it for the good. chat, Bruce. We'll catch you later, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Sounds> amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean. We we could just spend the rest of the night talking ourselves, couldn't we? But um, mm. I don't know if you've watched the podcast before, but the format I run is I chuck up on social media, say who's coming on the podcast, and then people get uh, an opportunity to post some questions. And it yeah. not like we're going to struggle for content here, but it, it gives mm. it a sort of direction to the Definitely. conversation. I mean, the way things go, it, normally within three hours, we've covered about four questions most of the time. So... Um, <laughs> Um, how about we just crack on with the questions at the moment and then yeah. we'll just chat about stuff as and when it, it sort of comes up natural in the questions. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. Do it. Beautiful. Excellent. Right. Uh, we'll go to my clan, the patron uh, following as usual. So only time I'll mention it, folks, for a change. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash teapot one. First question is from Steve Savory. He says... Um, He's, he hadn't heard of your adventures before I posted up, but he's now started watching them. Um, what advantages are there to using a sidecar for companion travelling such a distance versus both riding solo on the same journey? Stabiliser. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, it is actually... I mean, it depends. I mean, sidecars, there's a sort of a thing with sidecars. A lot of um, bikers say... It's, it's tricky uh, uh, sort of converting from a, a solo motorcycle to a sidecar because you're so uh-huh. used to the way that a, a motorcycle manoeuvres compared to a sidecar. It's yeah. li- in, in some sense, it's literally opposites uh, the way it sort of works. For us, because we'd only been on, on a motorcycle for about two months, by the time we jumped to the sidecar, it was so easy to switch because we weren't right. really used to riding motorcycles at all anyway. Um, so, But, I mean... Yeah, because of that lack of experience, generally having a third wheel, the amount of times you went around bends and you can feel <laughs> you can still feel the back tire slipping, yeah. Yeah. but you just go with don't it. Go anywhere, yeah, yeah, you just enjoy the slip and then carry on. Yeah, yeah. And really do you still? Yeah, I bet. Blimey, yeah, yeah, in the mud and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you? I mean, I yeah. take it. Do you ride bikes now, or do you still stick in the the sidecar or? Like, strictly sidecar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, since we've got back, we haven't had bikes. We've, we've just got the sidecar outfit. I would love right. to have a bike. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. just been still paying Barclay card at the moment. Uh, yeah, we'll get a bike it. soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, no sidecars. I mean, we do actually. I want to get a proper sidecar outfit. Yeah. next. That's yeah. Right. That's what we're going to do next. I met uh, on my on my trip. I met this uh, this old chap, not old, older chap, um, who was riding back to South Africa when 
was I was going down West Africa. I bumped into him and he had a Ural, you know, the old Ural sidecars. Yeah. So he was riding that from Scotland all the way to Cape Town. Nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it right. was nuts just to see because me, me and my jigs are, and then I've sort of buddied up with this chap. Mm. He literally had like yeah. rigger boots and an old helmet. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We were actually going down through Sudan, and as oh, yeah. we're in this big desert roads, you don't see anything for hours. And coming towards us was a sidecar shaped thing. We we're like, we're we going nuts. And it was a German couple in a Ural outfit going the other way. So, was it? See if, yeah, <laughs> it was just a few years ago. A really weird moment yeah. where they were going one way, we were going everywhere. Just kind of like yeah. slow motion, like, yeah. And it, it's crazy though when you are, I mean, you are in the middle of nowhere, but it, you t I don't know about you lads, but I found most overland travelers tend to follow. If you go somewhere and you're passing through it, chances are other overlanders have, have thought, oh, that'll yeah. be a good route. And the amount mm. of times you just bump into people, like just randomly, you just yeah. bump into other travelers and you're like, yeah. I'm in the mm. middle of nowhere. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to work hard to get off that beaten track, don't you? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah the reason um, I... Sorry, go on. No, so, I suppose the other good thing about sidecars as well, I kind of think is they just, it kind of works both ways. They're very noticeable. So mm. in terms of like, road risks in terms of like traffic or anything like that nine times out of ten you'll notice in a good way and people ah. are always aware that you're there yeah, um, yeah, yeah good point which which bodes well i mean obviously it, it could go the other way if the world isn't a, a good place but mm. it seemed pretty decent to us so well, that was the other thing we met a guy in the states and he called it the Ural effect where everyone you see smiles it just can't help yeah. but smile at sidecar yeah, so yeah, yeah. everyone meets you on the front foot like yeah i want to see what this is and yeah. so it's a good thing for traveling awesome yeah, yeah so you, you found it like a good a good inner to to people made you approachable to people and they'd come up and chat i think so yeah yeah, yeah. So. and it also gets you into that special club of sidecarists around the world and oh yeah those guys are nuts and girls. Yeah. They're all insane. And it's just so much fun to hang out with quirky people and all around the world who've yeah. got psychos. So, yeah. Definitely. definitely yeah, I, I get asked a lot, like... Would, would if I could redo my trip again, would I go with someone else or a group or would I take a group, all this sort of stuff? And it's, it's something that I, I wonder about in that I had nothing but... but positivity on... But a bar, I had, I had... I just had a bad time bad luck in in mauritania west africa but that is literally the only i would say it's the genuinely the only bad experience i had on my entire trip was you know, you're talking a matter of days um within all that in one place during a really unique time and i often think to myself i wonder would i have had the same friendliness off of people off of complete strangers would they be as inclined to approach me if i was in you know a group of say two bikes or three bikes or four bikes and you know that does play on my mind sometimes i, I think mm, maybe you're better off going by yourself yeah. or like you guys two guys on or two people in a, a moped and a sidecar you're less threatening aren't you yeah, definitely less threatening. Yeah. We look, people took pity on us, if anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we look ridiculous. But no, I think you're right. It depends, really, doesn't it? Like, um, what kind of vibe? I think the thing is, the big thing is that smile, isn't it? I don't know if yes. you, you must have spoke about it with Sam Manikin when he was oh, on. He always talks about it a lot. If you yeah. lift the lid up and you're smiling, then instantly the, the yeah. atmosphere changes. So Yeah. Sam yeah. said it, actually, in the, in the podcast um, he did here. 
Well, somebody asked, what what is the best bit of kit or the most important bit of kit you could take with you on a trip like that? And, you know, my answer was like, oh, I would say it was probably my phone because as long as I had a signal, I could contact people, I could see where I was, navigate, research stuff. And then Sam just said, a smile. And I was like, oh, you bugger, that's exactly it. That, that's it to a T. You know, yeah. Face everything with a smile. Generally, yeah. you will not go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Good man, well. Sam. Very good man. Hey, good, good man. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm getting a lot of playback here, and I've just realised, can I just pinch one of your headphones? Yeah, <laughs> and then I can just hear, and then it will work, and I can just like function yeah. as a human. I don't know what we didn't do. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got three university degrees between us. <laughs> and it's taken white. 32 <laughs> minutes to figure that no. out. To work out as we do it then. Yeah. So that'll awesome. be a lot better. That's going to that's gonna be a game changer, I think, mate. Yeah, I think I'm like, just... How's that, that now, they were like going, That's so much better. And they were going like <laughs> silent. And I was like going a bit nuts there, hearing myself and trying to like focus. So, oh God, it's like fresh air. That cool. is a much technology easier career. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. No, I'm back I, in the room. Another thing Steve was asking about the sidecar, he said he, he, he assumes that the two of you were able to take turns riding. You obviously, you both rode the, the scooter. So, yeah. I mean... I'm not sure what sort of mileage were you covering in a day or was it just whatever you needed to or whatever you felt like? We Our biggest day was 700 kilometres off. 800 yeah. across Columbia. And that yeah. was, uh, we got on the road at about four in the morning, finished at about 10 at night yeah. sort of thing. Um, so that's and, like I mean, 450 it, odd miles on a scooter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pathetic, yeah. isn't it? Really? It's <laughs> not pathetic. On a scooter. Wow. <laughs> Keep going. And, um, and, um, yeah. but, um, we were, we were going to miss our boat, so we had to chase down the boat to get across yeah, the yeah. island gap. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was easy three to four hundred, couldn't you? Like kilometres. Yeah, yeah. Kilometers we, we were doing about two hundred miles a day, really. Um, yeah. And there would be sort of 50, 60 miles, and you'd need to fill up the tank. So mm. we would just drive fill up the tank, swap seats, drive, fill up the tank, swap seats, and that would pretty right. much be the routine. Yeah. Um, and most well, of the time it was like drive, nap, like fill up the seat, re- mm-hmm. repeat, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so you were only getting 50, 60 miles to a tank? Yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, towards the end, we were, we were definitely were. I mean, at its peak, like really nice tarmac and the wind behind us, maybe we'd get 100. If you some, yeah. very rarely. I think at its peak, you were close to 70 to 80. Yeah. Wow. It's the drag from the. Have you seen the outfit? I mean, the, we built yeah. it like a post box on the side. Yeah, yeah. We had this, these guys <laughs> build it and they did an amazing job. And then we went off and did some survival training. And the guy said, you need to put like a, a screen on. So we had these local guys put this big roof on the top and it was like a post box. And the yeah. drag's just unreal. It was just like... Um, we also, I mean, because the top speed we were getting is between 50 and 60 miles an hour. Right. And that was us full throttle yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. we were only yeah, getting yeah. 50 to 60 miles out of the tank because we were just, just sat there the whole time, yeah. just, you know. Completely going at it, and just yeah. so much dead weight as well. Yeah. We just carry because it's on sidecars, you can carry so much stuff yeah. that you don't. That's all you do. Yeah, we just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had so much stuff. So yeah, we weren't getting that 
many miles out of it. But um, it worked well because, to be honest, you had a numb bum by the time you finished yeah. uh, an hour in the seat in the sidecar and vice exactly. versa. Just have a bit of a swap. So. We had two suitcases on the back, you see. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you cope for fuel then in places like... I mean, I don't know what Russia's like now, but when, when I went across mm. it, there was... There was at least one stage when you had to cover, jeez, I think it was about 250 miles, four, about yeah, 400k yeah. you had to cover. Yeah. So did you just carry yeah. fuel for that or have they made fuel we stations now? Yeah, so we had, our, our, our tank was a nine litre tank. Yeah. And we had 20 litre jerry. 20 litre jerry. And then right. another petrol can. Yeah. But we, some probably in bottles. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> we like, we never really. We always had a, a, a jerry full, and we did go into that quite a lot. But the thing with never, about, um, yeah. Russia is as well, because we were driving so slow, you mm -hmm. could actually cover a lot more miles to the tank because you were going like 20 miles an hour yeah. to the ice. So it wasn't, wow. and there was no full throttle. The stuff. ice. Yeah. Yeah, the ice. Yeah, yeah. Because ah. it was midwinter. Yeah, yeah. It was, so, it was forty uh, degrees when I crossed it. Jeez. Yeah, forty <laughs> degrees below when we crossed yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, it was chilly, man, in the sidecar. Yeah, chilly. Understatement yeah. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Siberia yeah, in winter. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit much to be honest. Yeah, um, last part of Steve's question: mm. Who would you say is the Charlie? or Ewan of the duo? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Ewan. Um, I think I'm more like Claudio. Claudio. <laughs> I'm the real deal, yeah. It's more like Claudio and Russ, I reckon. <laughs> no, uh, Charlie and Ewan. You want to be Ewan, do you, mate? The film star? Well, uh, no, actually, they're a bit harsh, actually. I really like Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. I, do, I really like Charlie, yeah. Yeah, I think they're both good fun. Yeah. Have um, you met either of them? We had Charlie on at the armchair thing. So, oh right! Yeah, what, what's yeah. he like? I've, so, I've never met him. Yeah, I had a quite funny conversation with him actually. Eh? He, um, we're, we're, so obviously, with the armchair thing, make sure he comes back on the armchair. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, no, 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 no conversation with the guy. It was like, um, so he, um, I was sat behind screen because I wasn't on stage as it is. And I was just sat there, and he was about to come on in about 20 minutes. And my phone just rang. I was like, oh, I ran a number. I've got 20 minutes. I'm going to just see what it is. Yeah. Hi, it's Charlie Borman here. <laughs> and I'm, suddenly I'm like, oh, hi, Charlie. How you doing? <laughs> and he went like, hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie, Charlie. Can I have your autograph? <laughs> and, and he was having troubles with the link. Um, and, and so I had to go back to my tech guy. came back, and I was like, it, it was like a minute I'm sorted. And then he was, yeah, he was really nice to listen. He was like, listen, great idea. Loved it. I'm really pleased yeah, to be yeah. part of it. Thanks so much. Yeah. And I was like, no worries, Charlie. I've now got your number. So I'll be giving you a call in a couple of days' time see if you want to hang out. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, but, do you know what? No, I've, I've, lovely. I've heard nothing but good things about, about Charlie, to be honest. I don't, I don't mm. know anything about Ewan, but... Charlie gets a, the pair of them get a lot of stick from from I think sort of wannabe overland travellers who who that's the wrong term to say wannabe I don't mean any disrespect but people who've not done it are often very critical of Charlie and Ewan for what they did because they had a film crew and blah 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 yeah but my answer to that is I wouldn't have done what I did if I hadn't seen Long Way Round. And I would say yeah, yeah. the vast majority of people out there who've travelled since then have probably been motivated in some way by them. So yeah. I, I think I think we owe them a lot. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I completely agree. And I, it's the same for me. 
I mean, we watched a bit of Long Way Down when we were doing Long Way Down. We were proper fans, like, yeah. loved him. Um, I think since I've known a bit more about it, and obviously I've seen a couple of people that have done stuff before those guys, yeah. Yeah. and um, I can see why a few of them have a bit of like, well, I kind of did that first, and I kind of oh, did yeah, go yeah. there first. and I, mm. But I do get it. Like, I mean, and I... And, I think it's brilliant. I'm really excited to watch a long way up. I can't. I'm yeah. definitely to watch it and all that oh, stuff. Wow, yeah. They're great, but um, I do kind of get it a little bit. And it's. I mean, also, I mean, you know, it, I'd love to have taken a film crew. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if someone, I wouldn't have been like, no, thank you. I'd be like, yeah, perfect. Film me, film me, great, <laughs> please. So, you know, so mm. it's kind of one of them. I. It's just a different trip. It's yeah. just a different style Absolutely. of trip, and I think yeah. it's awesome. But yeah. it just isn't the same as what a lot of normal people no. do. I guess we shouldn't be normal, but not superstars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, do, do, but, do you find you look at the likes of like Austin Vince, Elspeth, Ted Simon, people like that? You know, who did the, their trips back in? Well, geez, with Ted Simon, good God, he's the godfather of it all, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. You look yeah. at the people who did it in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Before most of the roads that we 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 probably took, mm. those roads didn't mm. exist when a lot of yeah. a lot of the you know the greats did the their journeys. And you just think, fucking hell, it was hard work when I did it. And then you think these people <laughs> these people did it before GPS, mobiles, before Horizons Unlimited yeah. was there as a resource. You're like, oh yeah. my god, full respect. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah. I think that too. And I think it's different, completely different now because you actually do have to go and like try and get off the beaten track and find yeah. some adventure. Otherwise mm. you, you can get to Cape Town on tarmac completely. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, um, so I think there is a bit of like, you kind of have to make that adventure happen now rather than yeah. just leave your front door like they could. But, um, but then it's all, it's all kind of, um, I suppose, relative, you know, oh. in, in a sense of you still, I mean, geez, that's 25 minutes. It's right? 20, yeah, 25, 26 minutes. So you might need to change that yeah. battery. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Sharp. Right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, timer. Right. Yeah. Stand by oh, folks. Right. right folks. We're back, back in the room. Right. So that took 50 odd minutes to cover the first question. <laughs> We're doing well. Sorry, right. Next one up is Pete English. Now, Pete's got a bit of a reputation on the podcast for um, some deep and meaningful questions that he asks. So let's see what he's got in store for us. Hi, Reese yeah. and Matt. Your adventures look bloody awesome. Hats off to you both. Question. Sidecars make people smile. That's definitely true. Total strangers you have met on your travels have been so generous. If you could, could you choose one person who went above and beyond and out of their way to help you both? If only to stop you drinking <laughs> if only to stop you drinking siphoned fuel. <laughs> well, that did happen a couple of times. <laughs> oh, to pick one is so hard yeah. because there was there's so many different kinds of help we had. Like it's tough, isn't it? from people yeah. yeah. Mm. From people who like did like people who here in the UK like made the whole thing happen, like the guys who built the sidecar, they were mm-hmm. complete strangers for the trip, Charlie and Richard, and they were way up there. But then there's also people on the side of the road, like I remember one guy in Mexico, we we were riding up through Mexico and we had a, a flat rear tire and we pulled in he 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 rode up in front of us and pulled us in on the side of the road and said, we've got a flat. Obviously, we couldn't understand because we didn't speak any Spanish. Mm-hmm. And um, then 
he said, I'll wait with you and make sure you get it sorted out. And we're like, no worries, mate, we've got a plug kit. Just get on your way, we'll be fine. We're, we're, we've done this a few times now. And then we've got to plug it out. It didn't work, of course. Probably did. We just crammed stuff like that. Yeah. So that didn't work. And <laughs> um, so then he called the local police. And this guy ended up sitting on the side of the road with us for four hours into the wow. night and just sat there. And we, I, I can't even remember his name. I didn't know the guy's name. He didn't want yeah, anything. He, he just didn't. wanted to make sure, like, we were, we were safe and sound, like a couple of bikers, and then just got back on the road. Mm, and yeah. there were so many times that sort of thing happened that picking one is... Was, is, there, was, there, any, was there any sort of country that took you by surprise by the generosity and friendliness of the people? Oh, yeah, we, um, definitely. We, we always say, if someone asks the question, what, what was your favourite country? Uh, we always say Sudan. Um, wow. Because, I mean, I mean, to be honest, if you were looking for a country to go on a holiday, I, I would never say to you, go on holiday to <laughs> Sudan. Like, you know, even having been there. It's just one of them where, at the time on our trip, we, we're still in this sort of, you know, been on the road at that point for about, six, seven weeks, still in this novice stage, you know, and not really what we're doing. And um, knew nothing about the place other than, you know, stories, you know, yeah. sort of here like South Sudan, it's not really all good reputation. Sudan doesn't really either. And then, um, you know, could have struggled to buy a meal at times because yeah. people were just trying to look after us the whole time. You go you mm -hmm. go into a, a random village and th th there's nothing. They wouldn't let the sugar let's pay. Just wanted to make sure we had a nice town. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Unbelievable in Sudan. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. 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 I remember. Like... Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. No, no, no please I was just going to say it's complete lack of tourists just because there's complete no tourists at all. It was yeah. just like, I guess it was a bit like what we were talking about earlier. Like, I imagine it was a bit more like what it had been like for Ted if when he was yeah. driving through like, most of the world. Like, yeah. I bet he probably met some of the same people. They, there was one guy we went to and I think we met somebody else in the village who was like volunteering nearby mm -hmm. and they were saying that some of the people here have been in this village and never left their entire life and they're like 60. Yeah. And, and, and haven't been to Khartoum. Yeah. <laughs> it was just insanely small to yeah. think yeah. about. And there's nothing there. It's just sand and then the river. And it's yeah. just, yeah, so mad. Yeah. It's nuts, isn't it, to think that us. generations of people have have mm -hmm. purely existed in that one place and never, never ventured mm. from it. They've just yeah, stayed there. Yeah. I remember yeah. Um, Nick Sanders telling a story about how he was on, you know, he was on his um, his R one, and he was down. Pardon my ignorance, but I can't remember which part of Africa. But it was it was like black jungle Africa. You know, not not talking about up in the north. It was somewhere down in the middle in the south, somewhere like that. And it was nighttime, and his his bike had broke down. And he sort of pushed the bike through the, the scrub and the mud and he just came across a, a village at night, just came across this stereotypical sort of African village, you know, with a mud hut type things. And he's literally gone up and knocked on the wooden door <laughs> and the guy's opened the door, doesn't speak English. Obviously, Nick didn't speak whatever language they spoke, but but yeah. the, the guy recognised that Nick was in need and he needed something, so he followed Nick. Nick took him to the bike, and the, the guy was just like, oh, no, bring, bring your bike. So he helped him take the bike and then put Nick into his house and woke his wife up, and she made him some food. And Nick, I think it was in his book, it might have been a, a book or a presentation he gave, but he said he often wondered if... You know, at three o'clock in the morning on one wet, cold morning in Machinleith, if some somebody knocked on his door, 
would he yeah. have been as hospitable as like mm, this chap yeah. was, you know? And he was yeah. like, I, I probably wouldn't have been and probably still wouldn't be to this day. But mm. it's amazing to think that these people who have, in our eyes, nothing, they're so yeah. open and, gener and, and generous yeah. to us, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. It's humbling, isn't it? That's, yeah, it is. And I mean, it, it was a big lesson for us. I wasn't expecting that at all from the trip. I mean, the whole project was about finding nice people and proving the world's a good place. Yeah. just didn't think it'd be that easy really. <laughs> yeah. it was just like mad um generosity as soon as yeah. we got anywhere really yeah but i mean I, the question was where were you most surprised by and i think we were really surprised by sudan but i have to say as well russia it mm, was yeah. a real surprise because yeah. we knew people would be friendly in russia because we've been told that but um the the level of support we got in russia was unreal like we yeah. could not like not see someone for a few hours we, mm. were, we were getting passed from like bike group to net to the next bike yeah. group to the next bike group and like yeah. staying in that people's houses every night and just that they were so keen to warm us up yeah. <laughs> just and, getting out of the cold and stuff so it was and, amazing and did you find did you find the russians were like more they were more scared for you for travelling their own country than you were. I found when I was in Moscow and I was heading east, people were just like, oh, my, you go 40 miles out of Moscow, you're going to get killed. They're crazy. Yeah, and then 100%. you would go to the next city or town, and they were like, you can't go east. They're, they're, they're crazy. But I found the farther yeah, east yeah. I went, the friendlier people got. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was definitely like um, we had the first line of the book is about um, – someone saying don't do it guys you'll die mm. like you, you, you there's nothing there at all and someone from moscow and it's not true <laughs> like there's stuff everywhere in between vladivostok and, and yeah. moscow so it was fine but um there's definitely a fear of the unknown in in russia amongst russian people and i mean they, i remember them telling about some of the bike rallies they do in between yeah. like two towns mm. that was just like two days ride for us or whatever and for them it's like you get a medal and this is a big thing yeah, during, no, this yeah. during winter yeah. <laughs> we were like we're just done but it does make sense <laughs> they, they go through it's 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 got like 10 time zones russia mm. is so ridiculous crazy yeah. isn't it absolutely it's crazy <laughs> It isn't like one country, even though it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Moscow is a completely different place yeah. to, you know, so all of in the middle. And then kind of when you come to the other side, Vladivostok is kind of probably a mix between the two. Yeah. We didn't go any further to like Magadan, but I imagine that's right again, back out into the sort of the wilderness. Yeah. yeah. So it's completely what? like different countries, isn't it, all the way along? Yeah, it is. What, what was it like to land in Vladivostok? then because obviously i went i went west to east and it was like for me vladivostok was just like this amazing party town having crossed that big expanse in the middle of russia where yeah. a lot of the time you know i just i just i just i met people but i didn't really socialize too much and you mm. could get away with just camping wild and saying hello to people, but just getting on with your thing. And then I got to Vladivostok, and obviously I went straight into a hostel, and it was just like, let's get on it. And it was just party town for like a week. It was like Wild West, right, yeah. crazy place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, Such a polar opposite. Yeah, well, we, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of we arrived firmly knowing what we were doing yeah, in terms of winter. scared and daunting. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it was kind of like, already it was yeah. like game face on. Let's, yeah. let's get to cracking and, and, you know, 
And it was kind of like, we, we knew, we, we had an idea of what we were getting ourselves into. We didn't quite know. So we didn't actually stay in a hostel at one. We got ourselves a really cheap hotel. Right. Um, and, and then it was really, really cheap. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pleasant. Um, and we waited for probably about four or five days for the Cyclops to arrive. It wasn't that long, was it? I don't it was know. a week for the Cyclops to arrive. And then we did repairs for a few days. Yeah. And then, but I mean, and then we got on the road. But I mean, in terms of Valley Rossum in general, it was still a really cool place. It was place. amazing. We place, still had time it? to yeah. explore. And like, you know, like restaurants are really cool. People were friendly. Um, but then I say opposite because then that's when the party started for us. So mm. well, after we got past uh, Krasnyarsk and then mm. on the way down to Cheetah and then yeah. then on afterwards, that's when we started getting picked up by people and being told to come stay at the house. Yeah, and yeah. like... Every time we went to stay at someone's house, it was vodka, 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 yeah. <laughs> banya, vodka, yeah. some salty fish. And then yeah. even when we posted online, like, um, it was funny, we posted online saying, oh, another night uh, at someone's house, it's amazing, but God, vodka's hard work. Pulled up to someone else's house the next night, because they said on us online, no, vo- no vodka on it, no vodka, no vodka. He opens the door and goes, whiskey! <laughs> and, like, you just can't get away from it. So, I know, yeah. yeah. I, 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 was told, I was told, like, when you're camping wild, um, other travellers said to me, park up where the trucks park and, and literally just, you know, pitch your tent next to the trucks and you'll be all right. But I mean, I, I never felt unsafe in Russia, I've got to admit. But a couple of times mm. I did pitch my tent in between the trucks and the truckers get you in the cab and you end up, I was sat there drinking till like four or five in the morning with <laughs> vodka with them. And then they don't even sleep. They just start the truck up and drive off. And you're like, no wonder there's so many yeah. blooming accidents in Russia. Yeah, well, yeah, the truckers yeah, are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that, was our, well, that was a surprise for us. We were thinking, you know, our idea of Russia was, yeah, it's a little bit different to like, you know, UK and stuff, but you know, they, they always seem like they've got their heads on. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and then you, they're just no, crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Being handed shots of whiskey at service stations yeah. at 10 in the morning or whatever. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, crazy they've got like crazy. an off yeah. license. At the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, have they finished the roads there? Like when I, when I did it, they hadn't, they hadn't built the road yet. They'd started it, but they hadn't, they were still putting like the hardcore down for about the last, oh gee whiz, last couple of hours to get into Vladivostok. So the road that comes down into Vladivostok, mm. they hadn't, they hadn't finished that yet. Have they, I take uh, it that must yeah. be finished now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was fine there. Yeah. There was parts where it was like, there parts that are dodging sort of maintenance yeah. road, but um, mainly it was great. Um, but yeah. I mean, it was awful actually because of the time of year, it was ice. Yeah. <laughs> snow and thick snow and stuff but, I can't um, believe you did it then Jesus yeah it was ridiculous <laughs> I mean the reason we did that was because it was trying to get the Guinness World Record we wanted to keep going um, to, Got to get around the world um, and we couldn't go the other route whatever boring politics and stuff so we had to take the Trans-Siberian mm. um, so yeah we just went for it and it was flipping cold man like, yeah really cold <laughs> how, how did you stay warm at those sort of temperatures so, I mean, it must have been, it, it must have been, you couldn't have been exaggerating there. It must have been, with wind chill, certainly, it must have been minus 40 or, or more. It was, it, yeah. was, it was minus 40 on the clock, so it was yeah. colder than that. So, yeah. it's so like, a wind um, chill, it could have been minus 60. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, we did, um, yeah. we didn't, we didn't want just a bike. So we got, we got kit from, when we were in Canada before we shipped over there. So we got all right. our, like, you know, oil rigged kit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Which the Russians laughed at halfway across. They were like, what's that? That's not good kit. You need to get yeah. some snow gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so much better. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, we, yeah, I mean, we didn't stay So no heated kit at all. No, no heated kit. And then um, yeah. also we still didn't know much about bikes, so we didn't even know you could get heated visors. Yeah, so our, that was our, big problem. Our, our faces froze over. Yeah. Um, heated visors. You can get yeah. heated visors, yeah. yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're having for snowmobiling. And oh, yeah. yeah, so it would have been a really good idea because it, you literally sit in the sidecar, you breathe, it's mist, yeah. you breathe again, and it's ice. And yeah, yeah. you can then li- lift it up and see, but then your face turns to ice. And there's some <laughs> hilarious shots of us because when you're in, when you're riding, you obviously have to see, yeah. and well, it's just frozen. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> helps, yeah. So it was generally a case of you would get probably seven to eight minutes of, of, of seeing time, yeah. visor up because it takes longer for your face to freeze over than the visor to freeze over. So Jeez. we were just driving along, pulling apart our eyelashes, yeah. just because they were the wow. things to freeze first, yeah. yeah. We, we were, people were telling us that at the time, like, you've got to be careful because you can go blind. Yeah. Your eyes can freeze over yeah. something, but they didn't. So well, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, minus 30, we were getting 30 minutes in the sidecar, and then it was get out here yeah. and try and warm up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting really too cold. But, I mean, the difference in temperature between the, the different levels is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you got to a point where we were like, minus 15, let's go, mate. Sunglasses on, this is yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're minus 40, and then the wind, when it starts whipping and stuff, you're, you're yeah. easily at minus 60. Yeah, it's, really it's, it's, it's not a fun place to be. No. Yeah. So how long did that take you to, to do the Russian leg then, in those it's, sort of conditions? Two months. Two months, yeah. Wow. It was, it was no, probably about seven weeks to get through it Russia. Was, it was six yeah. weeks of the really yeah. tough stuff. But it was That's like, going. Um, yeah, we, we kind of, we didn't do any sightseeing. We didn't do anything every day. Yeah. eight hour driving every day. And all day. Yeah. All day. It was just a case of, before you do, we'd do like, you know, you'd be on the road, I don't know, five days, have a week, have a couple of days of break, see a yeah. few things. With Russia, it was like, I don't want to see anything because it's too, if I'm going to be cold outside seeing things, I'm not going to enjoy seeing them. Yeah, I'm yeah, able to come back another cool. time. Yeah. And even though we're at minus 40, we weren't at peak winter yet. So the longer we left it, it was only going to go one way. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we kind of thought, well, let's just keep going and going and going and blasting through it. But And to be honest, we were like really genuinely scared, like really yeah. had pushed it way too far. And we just wanted to get home so much. And yeah. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but we were just like, I really just, I've got so far around the world now and I really just want to get home alive now because yeah. it was just yeah, so yeah. scary. And then sat in the sidecar, the sidecar's on the wrong side, so you're in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. The trucks are coming past and they're steaming it along. We're just having been chatting, tanked up on vodka, 50 mm-hmm. miles an hour. And the snow is, they're literally right where Reese is, a snow, big wheel turning. You just yeah. stand there looking at it and you know, We've got summer tires on. We could slip yeah. into it any minute. But what it's just, yeah, what yeah. it would. It you didn't have the, chains on. You, you didn't have no, snow no it chains didn't on. Didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem was that with, with the visor again. It yeah. was like um, the, the obviously riding. We rode up, but you don't really want to have a cold face. So if you were sat in a sunny car, we just put a visor down and let it freeze over. Yeah. So you can't see a thing. Yeah. Just sat in a sunny car for an hour, an hour and a half, freezing cold. Yeah. Every now and again, you feel the bike slip. Yeah. And it always felt a more significant slip yeah. in the sunny car. 
and it wasn't the thing. I mean, we had um, intercom. Well, at that point, we've been on the road for a year. That they they were broken. Right. Um, so we just sat there, you know, like that. And every now and again, you flip open your visor; it's completely frozen over. And for some reason, every time you'd time it with a Russian lorry going past, <laughs> kicking ice and sludge into your face. Yeah, it's gross. Um, but the guy driving would be fine. Yeah. He's listening to his tune, saying, I'm yeah, back yeah. in <laughs> Just cruising along the highway, and then you're warm because you're trying to keep it on the road because it's yeah. like falling all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things we always say, I don't know about you, but like you mentioned like Maratena and stuff, but whenever we got into sort of hairy scenarios usually, we would kind of reflect on it and go, that was dangerous. We mm. got lucky to get out of that. We didn't quite think about it at the time. With Russia, we were about two weeks in thinking, this is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and I had that realisation and then looked at the map and realised we'd only done 2,000 miles, we've got another 5,000 to go. Yeah. And it, so it's a completely different ballgame when you suddenly realise you're in it, not that you were in it, and then mm-hmm. you just sort of realise you still want to carry on going. So, and there's no option. Yeah. By that point, there is no option. Really. You've just got yeah, to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, do, I, I do think, if we'd gone the other way, if we'd gone um, to Russia first in winter, I think, we'd, I think we'd have probably potentially thrown a towel in. I think we'd yeah. have been like, what, what's the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was because we were obviously heading home. Um, we just, yeah. yeah See, I, I know so. when I was planning mine, I, I did sort of, in my own little naive ill-informed brain i thought to myself right i'll leave i'll leave the uk in october and i'll batter through europe then i'll get into africa and i'll do the winter round africa and then by the time i come through the middle east and into eastern europe and russia it'll be into the spring and i I tried to keep in my head that i would time it so wherever i got to i was never in the depths of winter which worked perfectly till i got to like Chicago heading north to Alaska and it was now about <laughs> April time and and it was you know it was going to be cold but it shouldn't have been massively cold and they just had this freak weather front hit and it went to with wind chill it went to minus 38 I think for about five oh. days and oh I had, my. I had leathers like I had no warm <laughs> kit I had, I had leathers and um, my heated grips that yeah. I had put on the bike and I hadn't needed for the entire trip because it was between 30 and 50 degrees almost everywhere I went on my trip. By the time I got to Canada where it hit minus 38, the heated grips had given up because I, I wore I wore through the, the handlebars, you know, the, the rubber uh, and the, the heated grips. Yeah, so it, was yeah, just bare, yeah, yeah. it was just bare wire and it all shorted out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, Jesus, God knows yeah. what. Not in a minus. I mean, we were, like I said, going back to that sort of stabiliser, it, it saved us. I don't yeah. uh, If I was doing on a solo bike, no sort of conditions, I mean, mm. that is a completely different level, I think. Like, I don't know how you didn't slip off or something. Well, oh, she's yeah. on. Hmm. I was, oh, blame me. I was lucky because although it was, it was cold, it was, you know, that sort of temperature. There wasn't snow and ice because it was mm. just this freak weather front that hit. So yeah, right. it was literally as I was riding, you just saw the temperature go woof straight down. And wow. uh, I remember waking up one morning and it was showing, I think, minus minus 15. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fun getting out the stick. We stayed in. A, I'd met up with this this English photographer chap who was who's cross. He was heading right up into Alaska. He's going up to the Inuits. He's a photographer and he was going to live with these amazing guy Ed Ed Gold his name is and he was heading up there so I buddied up with him and um, 
we we crashed in this cheap motel, and I thought to myself, it's going to be fun trying to trying to get the bike moving on icy roads at minus fifteen. And they weren't icy. Like everyone was just carrying on as normal. Yeah, you know, in the nice. UK, life would stop, wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah, people yeah, over yeah. there just got on with it, and I was like, well, yeah. okay, fine, Super crack on. Yeah, I mean, I could I could ride for about ten minutes, and then I'd have to stop yeah. for about twenty minutes and warm up, and then get back on. But thankfully, it only lasted three or four days, and then I was fine. But God knows how you lads managed. <laughs> Seven yeah, and a bit well, thousand a bit miles. Right, so that was Pete English. Next question, David Hemmings. To Matt, uh, oh no, oh, he said Matt and Rich. To Matt and Reese, uh, what were the highs, <laughs> Rich? What were the highs and lows of the trip? Now, that's a hard one to to answer, isn't it? But highs and lows. Man, um, well, we touched on the lows a yeah. little bit there with Russia. That was definitely um, the, one of the low points. Um, biggest, one of the biggest high points for me was driving out of Gondar. Oh, yeah. um, so we, we went, we were driving south through Africa. Obviously, we'd never been a motorbike before or whatever before the trip, all that sort of stuff. Got to Ethiopia. We'd been while camping down through wow. Sudan had um had the shits was really really ill and stuff and we had gondar in our sights and we're like this is the first tourist town of ethiopia where you can get a beer you can have like a toilet and stuff yeah. and we're like yes here we go so we were about 30 k's from there and we got to the top of this hill looked down and like what can only be described as like notting hill carnival was happening in front of us but like, what the hell is going on this is yeah. a mad, mad festival to so drive down into it um, all's fine, just this crazy cool festival going on. Drive down to the next one and um, another festival going on in the next village and we break down and the bike doesn't move at all. Um, so now we're just trapped in this huge festival. Everyone's getting really <laughs> quite excited coming to see yeah. us and stuff. And uh, they're all sort of pulling at stuff and playing and stuff, not taking anything, but just being like very excited because the festival's on and now mm -hmm. very excited because this spaceship has arrived. Yeah. Um, so we're so we're chatting and stuff, and uh, we can't move the bike at all. And in the end, we ended up having to lift it onto the back of this police truck and then <laughs> rode it off to Gondar. And after a long day of feeling like absolutely crazy because of the food poisoning and stuff from the night yeah, before yeah. And, and all that stuff, we find the ride in Gondor. And um, <laughs> we got there. We took the bike apart the next day, and our clutch had melted. It burnt out completely. So Sheesh. the whole transmission it would melt into pieces. Um, yeah. we, the bike just had no. It, it just isn't made to have an extra quarter of a ton or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. So it all melted out, and um, yeah, we were sat there then with the prospect of rebuilding the clutch, having honestly before the trip, like we didn't know how to use like a spanner at all. Like, had no idea. Had yeah. no idea. And someone said that it's a, it's a central fugal clutch. And I, I have no idea what those words mean whatsoever. Like, so <laughs> we still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is if you put your arms on your side and spin round. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we, we did manage to, we, we, we spent like three weeks in Ethiopia waiting for parts and then had about, no, two weeks waiting for the parts we shipped in from the UK and then we had about a week working on it and working out what that meant and slow buffering YouTube videos and helping yeah, people yeah. online 
we fixed the bike and, and we drove it out of Gondar and went south. And that was like, we're going to actually get around the world here because yeah, that was yeah, a we huge can do this. problem. Yeah. yeah. And we can get south. So I think that was a big high point. It's like, yeah. we're just going to crack on and do this. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Crazy. By the end. Sorry, go on. So I by, by the end, as a result of that, we, we were changing the clutch in 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Formula One spin. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go. I reckon we could go up with the best of them for the quickest clutch change on SH3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have that when when we when we eventually get back to normality and you can have proper festivals and stuff again. You should have yeah. that, like clutch changing yeah. competitions and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, found that, I found that on mine as well, that initially you're always scared of the unknown and you're apprehensive about the unknown what what if i what if i get lost what if what if what do i do if a stranger asks me to go and stay at their place and what happens if i break down or run out of fuel and then once that happens you're just like oh i can deal with that yeah crack on yeah and it's like it's like you just sort of relax into the trip then don't you and it's like right i'm i'm an overland traveler let's crack on let's bring it let's see what happens yeah it's, yeah. it's true. Uh, Sam, going back to Sam before we left, he, uh, I think at the Overland event, um, and he was talking about like a vulnerability from traveling. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just, at first you're afraid of it, and then you kind of thrive in it and then just Absolutely. enjoy that. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah, you just sort yeah. of get it. And yeah, that's, that's and it's like, yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's looking at people's faces. You know, when you when you're at events and you're, you're giving talks and presentations on it and people ask you mm. these questions, oh, what do you do if this happens, if that happens? And when you turn around, like for me, I just turn around and go, you just, you just deal with it when it happens. It's just, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't prepare for every single eventuality. So no. you can't, you can't be foolhardy, but at the same extent, you just go with it. Just, yeah, something yeah. will always happen and if you do break yeah. down it's an opportunity to either meet new people see how they live or yeah. you know just just spend a bit of time somewhere and people look at you yeah. like abhorrent and horror don't they like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all about mind frame in the day as yeah. long as your head's in the right space you can deal with any of that stuff absolutely think, so. yeah 100 yeah. yeah right next question this is from Gareth. Going back to the planning stage, knowing what you know now, what single thing would you change and why? Oh, man, that is a good one. Yep. There's definitely a thing about, well, we did two years of planning, and we always say now 90% of the things we did didn't do anything. Yep. Yeah. So I suppose we would focus on that 10% more. What that 10% is, I couldn't tell you. It depends what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. Because, I mean, for us, we were really wanted to scratch the travel itch, like go on an adventure. Definitely, we're not hiding, but I definitely said. But there was also the side of it, like wanted to raise money for charity. Mm -hmm. um, And we wanted to uh, tell these stories of everyday life in the world. Mm. And what the one thing we did was we got like our messaging really wrong. We were like, mm. we're going to go and raise money for this cause. And while we do it, go try and tell stories about this cause. I hope you're going to try and help stop this cause. And in a way, we're kind of saying like, we're going to run the London Marathon for British Heart Foundation and we're going to try and cure heart disease while we're running mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it was like, we, we just bit off way more than we yeah. could chew. And it was like, so I think that was kind of in the planning stages for us. We were we were doing we was probably spending too much time planning on like what's this trip about or what's it worth and all that kind of stuff. Whereas actually 
when we got out on the trip and did it, it kind of took its own shape. Yeah. It was always going to anyway yeah. and developed into its own thing. And I think we probably, I would just kind of trust that a bit more if I was to do another big adventure. Like yeah. just, it, it, what will happen will happen really. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I, I get asked that, that all the time. And my advice to people and and again, they they look at maybe they just look at me weird all the time whenever I speak. But people look at me when I say, I I would literally pick up my passport, my phone, and a credit card. I'd get on my bike and I'd go. That'd be the extent of my planning. Now it's just mm-hmm. right. Where yeah. where am I going? Am I going mm-hmm. to Folkestone? Sorry, uh, yeah. Am I going to Folkestone for the tunnel, or am I going to Cali and I'm a jump and I'm jumping on a boat? Which one is it? And then I would literally wing it from then on because. I had Carney. I know Carneys have all changed since since I did mine. And visas, you stress yourself to the hilt about Russian visas and the Afri- various countries in Africa. You know, the Middle East, those visas can be a royal pain in the arse. There's conditions about them. Mm-hmm. But the amount of people I met on the road who didn't have a Carney and didn't have any visas and were just travelling either with yeah. no documents or forged documents, and and they just did perfectly well. They did perfectly fine. And you're yeah. like... You yeah. know, you, maybe it's different now. You know, that was 2012, 2014. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you can't travel on forged visas and forged carnies as easily yeah. as you could then. But <laughs> the amount of people doing it in those days. There's always a way around it. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of places money talks, doesn't it? You know, yeah, a, couple exactly, of, yeah. a couple of quid to the right policeman can yeah. sort a lot of things out at a border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Mm. I think one of the things for me, and I think it kind of that doing that, doing it the way you said there, just get on your bike and go, it's kind of exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the, all the planning is just kind of taking away from that here and there in, in some ways because yeah. that's one side of it. The other side is like we went through Italy and we saw the most boring place on the planet because we didn't do any planning for it. Yeah, and we, yeah. we drove on this horrible service road yeah. out to Venice and we could have gone through these gorgeous twisties up through the Italian <laughs> I think lake. it's so also... You do have to do a bit yes, of planning. You so do. Yeah. But yeah. I, think you, I think you can also plan on... Depends if we do, like I said, ours was, guess we'll wreck for a tent. We're yeah. going to drive around the world yeah. on a scooter and sidecar. Mm. If you were going to... Take you know, like I said, go to Folkestone, hop on the you know, hop on over to France, and go from there. You, then you are kind of subconsciously planning planning on your way. You know, there's mm. no time limit. You can decide yeah. on the day where I'm yeah, going yeah, because yeah. you've looked at where you're going. So you'll never find yourself in a position where you're on the most boring road in Italy because that you're in no rush to find the most boring road in Italy. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah so, that's right. <clears throat> I think it's 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 each to their own i think to a degree it depends why you're doing it but at the same time there's definitely advice as to um how, how you could do certain things differently or how we should have done or how best way people to go about them. well but, the one thing i'd say is if you haven't done a trip like this before then do the thing you just said and like just go and yeah keep it be naive the best thing to be yeah, is be naive yeah. because it makes you do stuff you would never do otherwise Absolutely. i would never go across siberian winter <laughs> i would never go across the andes <laughs> on the lagunas route again it was awful but it's by far the best story it was yeah. by far the most fun to look back on it's like proper adventure yeah yeah. but yeah definitely wouldn't do it again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah so, the is good. if you could do it again in fact hang on let me have mm. a little look and see what questions we've got coming up uh, mm-hmm. ah there we go right the, the very next question sort of 
goes along the lines I'm thinking. Andy Whit, sorry lads, have you finished with with the China? Anything yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, no, good, yeah, yeah. Um, Andy Whitaker, cheeky bugger. He said, "Has Bruce mentioned he rode around?" I I get asked. My trip comes up at least once in every single podcast. Either I bring it up or people ask me about it, but it's become a thing. Now. As Bruce told you, you rode around the world. <laughs> I haven't seen your trip yet, but I soon will. Where will your next trip be, and will it be bike and sidecar? So what? So definitely, yeah, yeah. So definitely bike and sidecar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, sidecar guys. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's sort of thing. So in terms of that, yeah, when, when we sort of got back, you know, there is that sort of. Um, you know, sort of finding out what, where your place is, what you do next if you want to continue on this sort of path that you sort of done that thing. And then we just decided that we'll just double down on the sidecar and from now on, no matter what we do, there's a sidecar on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is such good fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yes, there'll be a sidecar. Um, where we'll go, who knows? Who knows, yeah. I, I don't think I need to personally go on like a, a mammoth... At 18 months around the world, two years, how long it needs to be, really long adventure. Yeah. I have, I've done it and, yeah. you know, uh, while I enjoyed it, I think you can also do smaller things and, and get different things out of it, but equally just as valuable things. Totally you know get it, I mean? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How long have you been yeah. back? When did you When did you finish? January 2019. Yeah. So you're on the road for about 15 months, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been back for longer than we left, yeah. I thought exactly as you just said, up until probably a couple of years ago. And a couple of years ago, the itch started coming back. Because people, people would oh, ask really? me, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And I was always just like, I've done it. You know, it's I've got nothing left to prove. I, I did that to prove to myself that I could yeah. do it. And I, I'd made a promise to, to my mom before she passed away that I would I would live my dream. And mm. I went and I did it. Yeah. And, and I always thought, well, I haven't got that drive anymore. And I've done it. But a couple of years ago, it started the fire started again and i was like i don't really? like i don't like the fact africa beat me so i want to go back and do africa i didn't get into yeah. mongolia because i snapped the frame of the bike so i still want to do mongolia i missed out yeah. all the middle east because you know it was just apart from mm. uh, iran everywhere else was pretty much burning according to the news so i was like i'll not do that so there's all those places i mean admittedly there's nothing left of syria to see anymore sadly but um all the stands you know i'd love to go and do the stands yeah yeah yeah. i didn't get to dead horse i didn't get to a (laughs) shwire so there's all bits that i want to go and just tidy it all up so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. don't tempt us, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like we said, watch out for you yeah, yeah, yeah. time, and you'd be like, right. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I do look at. I do look at doing like small two week trips or whatever, and I'll look at the map and I'll go, well, we could probably just do that bit yeah. as well. We just get there, just get there, and the next thing you know, you plan like a six month adventure. Yeah. Like I've got to get back again. Yeah, so, suddenly yeah. you're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, not sure what we do, but. It'll be something with sidecars. It'll be something fun. But it's difficult to know right now, right? I mean, you know, you kind of... You yeah. don't, I mean, we have, we've been discussing potentially doing something, you know, try, trying to get another sidecar on the road at the end of this year, early next. Uh, for, <laughs> and But then we've been having on what we do with it, something small for the time being, mm-hmm. just having another one. And then, um, but then you kind of like, well, what can I do with it? It's like, UK, man. Maybe yeah. we'll do some UK stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Europe. I don't know. I see where there's an air bridge. I've got got this crazy thing in my head that I want to cycle around the UK. Now, one, I'm no cyclist. 
Like I would struggle. <laughs> I would struggle to do a couple of miles on a push bike at the moment. In fact, I probably struggle to get on a push bike at the moment. And I continually take the piss out of cyclists in my in my vids just because it's fun and they always bite. But I have this thing in my head that I want to cycle around the UK. I don't yeah, know where it yeah, came yeah. from, but well, we'll see. Yeah, it's just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a little bit about doing a cycling challenge one, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I think there's kind of appeals to me to do that, so I can get and do it, and then I can say, yeah, doing it on a motorbike's just as hard, yeah. because you get a lot of stick from the motorcycle guys, and there was yeah. a guy from the other from the other side of it, like the people who are non motorized, right. like, oh, you've got a bike, it's easy, and it's not like you have to fix a bike. <laughs> And it's cold. You don't get to warm up and stuff. I'm convinced it's just as hard. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think each yeah. each just each one's challenges. yeah each one's got its own challenges. But I think I've got to say I think I would rather ride it on a motorbike than than, than cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you say that right. There was a guy cycling the other way across Russia when we were driving the other way back. And I swapped what, in winter. Because he got to pedal. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. He got to pedal and stay warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we yeah. had to sit there and freeze. <laughs> yeah. So granted, yeah, yeah. There. Although which, the difference is there as well. I, I don't know if I swapped him because we we can speed up and find a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's got he's, he's got, out there. He's out yeah. there. Yeah. He might have, we we find a coffee shop maybe around every hundred hundred fifty kilometers. He might not cover. I don't need it, mate. He's getting there sweating. Yeah. He's saying, "You got any aircon in here?" <laughs> <laughs> My last mental. Yeah. I think you guys. I had the polar opposite, polar opposite problems of mine. It's forty odd degrees. In fact, mid forties, and the mosquitoes in Russia were just. It's like mm. it's like this can of beer hitting you in the head. They're huge. The mozzies <laughs> over there. Like one mozzie hits your visor, and you can't see. So really, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Honestly, like from Man. from Norway east. The mosquito, it must be Chernobyl because they're fucking enormous. Honestly. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The bodies yeah. of the mozzies are probably an inch and a half long. They're massive. We've heard stories, yeah. yeah. It is definitely, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I do think, to be fair, I'd have been just as complaining about that. I had this thing in my head, right, about with Russia. I thought... You know, out on the steps in the evening, pitch my tent, sit out there, looking at the land, proper wilderness. And it wasn't like that. I would literally, I would pitch my, I would get off the bike in my helmet, leathers and gloves, 40 odd degrees, sweating like a, a therapist. And I would have to put my, my tent up wearing all this kit because the mos- mosquitoes would just eat you alive. So I've I'm literally yeah. got my buff up, I've got like a you know the mozzie net oh, thing around right. my, my helmet. I put the tent up, I'd get into oh, the tent God. and then I wouldn't leave it all night. I would literally unzip oh, a little bit and pee no. out the side of the tent, you know, and it was just I, <laughs> there, was, there, there was no setting a fire up and you know looking at the land yeah. and none of that. It was just like living oh, in a permanent man, sauna. That's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I hated it. That does sound horrific <laughs> actually. Yeah. But I think that I would rather be in forty ridiculous. degree heat than minus forty. Bugger that. No, yeah. Even though yeah. it's Hopefully Scottish. it's a little place in the middle. Yeah. 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 A nice zero <laughs> five yeah. degrees that we can all enjoy. <laughs> five degrees, it's a Scottish summer. Yeah. <laughs> um right, last one of the patron questions. Chris Tweddle or Tweddell. 
Most around-the-world trips I have seen have gone east, such as Ewan and Charlie and Bruce's trip, for example. Oh, we mentioned that, didn't we? Was there a particular reason you decided to go west, and did going by sidecar cause any additional challenges or provide any benefits with regards to maintenance of pa- and parts or crossing a difficult terrain? It's about 18 questions. Right, so we've covered the first part. Why did you go yeah. uh, west rather than east? And mm. That was basically chasing the seasons, wasn't it? That was the main initial idea. uh, Why did we do that? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, because it was winter. We didn't want to go. We we kind of wanted to go. I I I remember when we did it. We went to the Overland event, right? And this guy called Vince, and we're down the side. This guy called Vince said, which way are you going to go? And we said, I don't know. And he said, well, toss for it now. And he got a coin out, <laughs> tossed a pound coin, heads you go south, tails you go um, off east or whatever. Yeah. And we, he did it, and we actually did follow And, and he gave us a pound coin Yeah, and he gave us a pound coin, yeah. Brilliant. I think I spent that. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to me. Sorry, sorry to Vince. Sorry, Vince. Yeah, but Vince did actually decide where we went south. So that was the level of planning. Toss right? of so a coin. some planning how. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fast forward a year or two, and but, you're minus 40 degrees going... Yeah, cheers, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> if I live, I'm going to punch your face. Um, right. Uh, right, the other one was, uh, going by sidecar, did it did it mm. throw up any challenges or benefits in regards to maintenance parts and crossing sort of difficult terrain? Pros well, and cons. There's a lot more. Cross, crossing, yeah, crossing terrain, we're trying to touch yeah, on stabiliser. Yeah. yeah, but also, I mean, a, a terrain, you, you do... I have to stick to tarmac, really. Mm. Well, we did do a lot of not tarmac. No, we well. did do a lot of not tarmac, and we paid for it heavily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it does limit you in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you know, at the result, the, the times you we ended up on on t- off, off road nine times out of ten, it ended up breaking down or yeah, yeah. having severe difficulties soon afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, as a result of those and learning. We did try and stick to tarmac. Yeah. Um, the maintenance stuff, if you go off-road and you burn, you will burn the clutch out. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, on a scooter. Oh, anyway, gosh, yeah, it's just yeah, not made for it. It's yeah. just too yeah. much weight. Yeah. And also, um, tyres. Um, yeah. The tyres, um, obviously, with a sidecar, but with a, you have a bike tyre pivoting mm, yeah. um, and a sidecar, you sit straight in the middle of the tyre. Uh, yeah. So, 4,000 miles and a, and a tyre was done. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so how did you yeah, how did you work also, um, yeah. like replacing tires and stuff then? Did you carry spares? S- yes, we had we had oh, spe- so there were good planning here. Three different tire sizes. Yeah. So we had to have <laughs> the different three wheels of different sizes. Oh, three different yeah. spares. <laughs> 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 we had one strapped to the roof. And yeah. at one time no, at one point we had all three strapped to the roof. Yeah. And um, we looked yeah, that was just another like wind sail. Um and then and then we we shoved two of the big ones down the middle of the sidecar. Um, no, great cup holders though and stuff. Like yeah, that. you know, yeah, just store a jerry can in the middle and stuff and downs. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean, the only time we came close to actually running out was we couldn't get the right sizes down for Africa no, until yeah. we got to South Africa, right. and we were right on on the cusp, running on the wire, uh, running the, into Polokwane. Yeah, and, and, and we got there, and you could see yeah. you could see the rubber, you could see the string coming off yeah. from yeah. sort of yeah. stuff, yeah. and but he got it. Yeah, um, and then other than that. We've managed to pretty much just about maintain it, really. Yeah. 
but the benefits far outweigh the, yeah. the costs with the sidecar because then you've got you know just the, it's the Euro factor we talked about before it, is, it was a Honda but it's yeah. just non-stop people trying to help you smiling coming and see what you can do bringing you stuff laughing awesome. yeah. and that's the one benefit of the sidecar yeah we are and obviously also a sidecar that looks desperate as well yeah and looks yeah. run down <laughs> don't go really flashy we, we, yeah we had um for, for a, a significant part of our africa journey <clears throat> uh, we met up with an irish guy called brian and he traveled with us for a bit and it, he said it was it, while it was much slower pace that he was going at he was on a motorbike mm-hmm. He said at the same time it was much easier because he just travelled behind us because we were going slower and no one would ever notice him. Yeah. But if he's ever by himself, yeah. everyone noticed him. But because he's with the side, they're all focusing on him. Nobody knew he was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. carrying on going through. It was crazy. The the, yeah. the wee bit of Africa I did up in the northwest there, I met up with. Um, this chap who was doing it on the Ural and we buddied up to cross through Mauritania because basically there was a the, the Boko Haram lot you know the ones that kidnapped all the Nigerian schoolgirls mm-hmm. they'd exploded out of Africa out of Central Africa at that point and they'd, they'd, they'd taken over Mali and like literally sacked Timbuktu and they'd come across into Mauritania so they flooded the Mauritanian government flooded there's sort of two main roads in Mauritania with police and, and military. So there's checkpoints everywhere. And we'd heard about this through Horizons Unlimited and stuff. A couple of, a couple of travellers had, had messaged me and said, don't go, it's horrific. But, I, you know, I just thought, ah. the amount of people that had messaged me and said, oh, I went through there last year, two years, three, five years ago, great yeah. time, had a whale of a time. And then one person said, don't do it. I thought, ah, you know what it's like. Most people, most people seem to be pretty positive about it. Let's just go and see for ourselves. So we buddied up and we went in, and it <clears throat> and it was horrific, sadly. But um, I would find if we were going down the road, if if Robert was in front in the in the sidecar, like people would be running alongside and waving and smiling. If I went in front on my bike on the Jixa, they were literally taking their shoes off and throwing and spitting at me. and really? also, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the polar opposite reaction my bike got compared mad. to his. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know why, but it was it was yeah. interesting. It's the only well, place yeah. that happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, it is interesting that. I mean, the only thing I can liken that to is going down through Ethiopia and there was a lot of um, stone throwing there at bikes and stuff. I don't know if you've heard about that, but there's a big culture of kids throwing stones at cyclists and bikers and stuff, so they think it's fun. Right. Um, we didn't really get much of it at all because I think people are just generally, like, shocked. Like, they just can't make out what you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some parts of the world, these things have just never been there. Like, people would ask what side, who was driving and um, things like that. And they would think the engine was in the <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we broke down in um, Ethiopia, but we had, to, we had to get lifts on the back of the truck and had all these Ethiopian guys try and help us. And they all ran around the sidecar and left me to lift the scooter by myself. <laughs> and obviously, yeah. the sidecar is just a tin can. It's all, yeah, all yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, so, yeah. so, I was they, breathing into a paper bag somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're looking for a steering wheel in, in the in the sidecar yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, it's funny. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at the rig now. I've I've just moved across onto Instagram, and I'm looking at that picture of you at the equator in Kenya, where oh, yeah. where, where um. Uh, you know, you you, you you stop next to the equator sign. I'm just looking at that. The, the sidecar is literally packed to the gunnels, isn't it, with kit? Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah, see the wheel is, yeah. on the top exactly. and everything. That is mental. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, well, that's us done all the, the clan questions over on Patreon, so we'll move across onto uh, Instagram. So your guys' oh, Instagram oh. is just uh, the sidecar guys, isn't it? At the sidecar guys? Yeah. Yep. Lovely. At yeah. the sidecar guys on everything. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll leave folks, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the um, show notes and there'll be links to, to uh, your website, uh, all your social media, everything like that, and uh, any links that you've got to any of the charity stuff or the adventure travel, the armchair, sorry, festival that you've got going on. Well, I'll put all that. You can give all that to me later on and I'll, I'll whack it all there. Uh, and same on the YouTube. If you're watching the YouTube video, folks, check out the description. It'll all be there. So over on uh, Teapot One Insta, first question, Zedra. Uh, for the guys, except for the amazing adventure festival stuff you, you guys are doing right now, what have you got for any other crazy plans or thoughts for the future? Ooh, yeah, so well, we kind of touched it before. We did some sidecars. Yeah, um, we we definitely want to do an, a smaller project with sidecars that's going to be in some way linked to the kind of stuff we've done before. Yeah. So, like, uh, we really enjoyed having a focus for the trip because it took us to places that weren't like hostels for another charity for the other travellers. Like going and meeting Mon Savory charities in different countries around the world was really great to learn about Mon Savory. Uh-huh. But it was also really great because we just like hung out with local people and talked about yeah. what was going on in their jobs rather than like us traveling through their country or yeah. whatever. So um, <clears throat> I think it's a really good way to travel in general. So from a salvage point, I definitely want to do something like that. But also it's good because it's interesting and fun and everyone learns a bit mm. and stuff. So we'll do something along those lines again. Um, it'll have like a backstory to it and then we'll go off in a sidecar and find something to research in some way. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the, a bit, a bit the charity, the modern <laughs> slavery charity, you did it for. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. What 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 got you in? Well, not into, but what brought your attention towards that and made yeah. you think, right, we want to do something for it. So we did kind of really just stumble across it. So I, kind of what I sort of mentioned earlier, but uh, right at the beginning about like, the sort of Calais migrant crisis mm. and, and that sort of stuff. So that sort of opened our sort of horizons to like basically we looked at that scenario the fact that people were sort of being painted in a bad light yeah. and we just thought we can't, we don't really see that ourselves. We see people who are try, desperately trying to cross a border because they're desperate. Yeah. Um, and and then, so we kind of thought they're being painted in a bad light and the more we looked at it and opened it up a bit, we noticed that there were a lot of sort of stories being put out of just different countries being painted in bad, in bad ways and we then didn't really agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first idea was to go through um, as, as many borders as possible in the most ridiculous way we could think of, scoot and sidecar, yeah. and show that it didn't really matter which side of the border you sat on. People were usually just the same, probably would be just the same, just as friendly, mm-hmm. regardless. They might have their weird ways, but that's part of the fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, and then so as we sort of were doing that out of focus, um, we, we thought, well, we can potentially channel this into sort of a fundraising thing as well and we like the idea of the charity challenge you give a bit more of a direction we looked at the Calamari crisis again and a lot of things that were sort of being mentioned in the area was human trafficking mm. and how at risk in particular these people and vulnerable they were and the, the most likely outcome of human trafficking was modern day slavery mm. um, and then we realised that I think there's 40.2 million people enslaved globally wow. and that's three times the amount of the transatlantic slave trade 
which is like Jeez. a ridiculous amount. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but then what we also wow. kind of retied back into our original point of it doesn't matter what border you're on because it's a, it's an issue that's in every country. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. there's the amount of people enslaved in the UK, you can Google it and, you know, you can find it in, I mean, we're in Oxfordshire. There's an article last week about it in Oxfordshire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And often it's yeah, not... it's all over the world. It's mm-hmm. not in the sort of... I hate to say the, the industries that you think of. You know, it's not it's not just in the the sex industry. It, it's things like like, no. like farming, fruit picking in the UK. A lot of that yeah. is, yeah. you know, yeah. as we've seen. Sadly, there was some. There's quite a few deaths in, in it. Wasn't that a year or two ago? There was yeah. quite a few of them passed away. They were locked yeah. up in a, in a porter right. cabin or something and passed away in there. Mm. So I mean, it's mm. yeah, it's a, a very um, pertinent topic even here in the UK for sure. Yeah. But it's it's a hard thing to raise awareness for mm. because it's it's faceless. It's, it's literally unseen. Yeah, it's the charity, one of the charities. Yeah, it's a, no one knows. Even though it's such a big thing, no one can say that they know someone who is. Well, some people can. Some people can. <laughs> we can now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Jim, most data person doesn't know someone who's in slavery yeah. um, or was in slavery. Um, and you so, and also in terms of like what they say about spotting the signs, mm. you wouldn't really know to look for the signs until like I, I had a weird moment about a year ago where I drove my car into a car wash, and they, they do yeah. say one of the big things is car washes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying this particular car wash was doing. Um, let's say it was ticking the boxes and potentially. So it had like a lot of um, European uh, car washers who were working there, and I just I just sat there. And I was in a traffic jam of about four cars. And it took me from the fourth car to get to the front car. Um, it, it took me 20 minutes to get to the front car, which means they were averaging roughly around about four cars in an hour, mm. roughly four or five. And they charged me four to five pounds to clear, clear the clean the car. Yeah. So if, by that long, it's what's that, about 25 pounds. And there was roughly around about eight people yeah. there working these cars. Yeah. So what are they getting Yeah, what are they getting paid? And then you've got a guy who I just looked, because I was, I was just intrigued by I looked at the um in the car park and there was a guy sat in his car keeping a close eye on the situation. Mm. Maybe he was just sat there because he was calling his 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 I don't know, his his partner or something. Mm-hmm. But it was just sort of like all the dots were sort of like this could be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and it's just one of the small towns where it might not be, but it's uh, you know, it, that is one of the things that they look out for. Mm. Yeah, um, and that sort of stuff. So oh. yeah. Time up. Oh gee. So that's where the charity um, so said, yes. side of things came from. So that's where the charity stuff came from. And um, yeah, it was really, it was a really good thing to do. I would recommend anyone to pick a cause or pick something to just be interested about as you go around the world, even if you don't want to raise money as you do it. Because yeah. it does just open up a whole different kind of like travel and, and, and different experiences yeah. as you go. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's all, I mean, it's, it's a great thing to do though, isn't it? Just to, just to try and raise a bit of awareness for, some sort of cause it's it, it, you can't fault people for for doing that sort of things and you'll never get there's never going to be a bad outcome from something like that you know you, you're raising a couple of quid mm. and you're raising awareness for a, a worthy cause so fair play to yeah. you yeah absolutely right yeah, um that's right uh what go oh sam uh, sam just says excellent news looking forward to listening to it Sam Manicum. Um <laughs> Josh <Sam. Hull. laughs> If you could go back and tell you, uh, we, I think we've covered this. If you could go back and tell yourselves one thing to make the trip even better, what would it be? Oh, okay. It's a slightly different angle. 
So one thing... Don't take Reese. <laughs> don't take what? Reese? <laughs> don't take Reese, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how um, do you think... Make it even better. How do you think that would go then, travelling solo? Would you ever think about that? Uh, Obviously, you wouldn't go on a... Yeah. Well, you could, I suppose. Psycho. I would. I would think about it big time, mm. yeah. Um, I don't know. It would be different. Yeah. I think I would definitely... I think we definitely pushed ourselves to do stuff um, that we wouldn't have done on our own. Yeah. I know, like, I've definitely done wild camping experiences with Reese that I wouldn't have done on my own. Yeah. I'd be like, sod that, I'm just getting a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, because you can still say, oh, don't be such an idiot when really you're thinking, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're saying that, don't be an idiot to each other. And like, you took the team, yeah. you kind of accidentally talked yourself around. Yeah. Because you'll do that thing where you've kind of got a factor in their opinion. Yeah. And then eventually, you both just kind of are both thinking it's a bad idea, but you don't want to be the one to say it's a bad idea. Yeah. 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 So you both just kind of say, but um but at the same time i i, I have a, i i i would feel ask me do i think it's probably more challenging in a lot of aspects to go solo than uh, as like with a partner in travel without a doubt i think i think, yeah. I think um to do that is is very different from got to be a particular kind of person to do it i've never mm. done it as such mm. but i know i know some of the scenarios that I found myself in, I, I, I couldn't tell you if, if I'd have been the same in that scenario if I was by myself, whereas you know you've got someone there yeah. in the same sort of thing with you. So yeah, Even yeah. though in reality, you're probably no safer at all. Like, yeah, we're just yeah. completely useless people. So, you know, <laughs> one average person is a lot safer than two of us together. But it would be, it's just like, it's just like sort of knowing you're not sort of in it on your own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of quite a big thing. And um, yeah, I think it would be very different. But I would like to do a bit of solo travel just yeah. to know what I'd be like. Just for the curiosity, really. It's funny listening yeah. to you say there about you know about while you maybe wouldn't have wild camped in some places if you were by yourself. It's funny because I was, I was exactly like that at the start of my trip, more or less all through Europe, Europe of all places. Do you know what I mean? Where you mm. you're probably yeah. safer to wild camp through Europe. There's there's you know you haven't got bears that are going to get you, and yeah. much less chance of 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 human interaction going unfavorably. Possibly, I don't know. But anyway, in, in my mind, I would, I, I would have thought I would be yeah. safer in Europe than, say, in the depths of Russia or something. But I didn't camp wild once in Europe. Like, well, no, that's lies. I did, I did once right near the Polish border, and I literally, I had a big hunting knife with me because I thought I was going to be chopping firewood and, you know, hunting and shooting and fishing and cooking my own. Di- nah, didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. And I, I slept, <laughs> I slept the entire night holding onto this hunting knife. You know, just like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, Don't yeah. be a dick. Just, just pitch a tent and camp. And yet, as soon as yeah. I crossed into like, like certainly by the time I got to Russia, it's just like, yeah, if I could just pitch my tent wherever and. Off you yeah. go, just sleep. You don't care yeah. by the end, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. You do, do get, I think you probably get, get the same thing. Yeah, like even we, yeah. amount of times, you know, we did, we camped once in Europe and um, we camped in Bosnia. We camped a couple of times. Couple times yeah, we camped yeah. in Bosnia. Um, actually, they're both ridiculous stories. The first time in Bosnia, we camped by this lake yeah. and uh, we we, split, we got, we were going for about 10 pm, looked at the lake and we were like, oh my word, has that lake got closer? So we stayed up for four hours thinking the lake was tidal. It was tiny. <laughs> it, was, it was like a pond. 
So, um, had you been smoking anything stupid, before you went to sleep? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, next, the next time we did it was in Albania, and this was by a, a lake again. Um, and but this time it wasn't tidal, and we knew it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we rocked up at this, um, uh, put our tent out on this um, pebbly beach. And this guy pulled up at the top of the beach and he looked down at us and he got straight back in his car and sped off. And we we're like, a bit weird. But anyway, about 10 p.m. when it got dark again, another car pulled up. And we were like, blimey, is it the guy who pulled up earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. got back in his car and headed off. So for about an hour, we were like, what do we do? Yeah. And eventually we snuck up round, round the car. <laughs> through the bushes. We were <laughs> with wild dogs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then we walked past the car, but didn't pretend we didn't notice them. Right. Yeah. And then we got to the other side of the car, around the corner, and when they were like, we were like they didn't mention, they didn't say anything to us. Yeah. What do we do now? And then we went back to the car, and then Matt said, let's just knock on the door and see what happens. <laughs> we knocked on the door, and this Albanian guy ran around the window, and it was just a couple of Albanian teenagers getting high in their car. Oh, yeah. Right. Smoking car. Some weed. yeah. And they were freaked out like mad. Because to them, a couple of English blokes yeah. had jumped out of the bushes yeah, and said, yeah, what yeah. do you want? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, that is that is a good tip, actually. Yeah. If you're wild camping and someone turns up, go and say hi. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to stay there all night yeah. and wonder who And wonder are. what hell's... You want yeah. sleep, will you? Or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I got, I've got this yeah. again. It's Russia. I got this crazy story in Russia. I was, God, after Cheetah. What's the main city with a K before you get to Vladivostok? You go through it and then you head. So, is it Kavabar? Oh, no, uh, Kavabaras? Kavabarsk? No. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was about a day or two's ride from there. I was sort of between Cheetah and and there. And um, yeah. I remember it was it was getting late, and I thought, oh, I've got I've just got to pitch the tent somewhere. So I, I saw this track going off the road into some woods, and I thought, right, see where this track goes. Get off the road, followed this track, and it and it went sort of through some woods into an opening next to this big pylon, and it was just lovely. It was nice and quiet, and I thought that'll do me. Pitched the tent, jumped in, fell asleep, sparkled, gone. About two three o'clock in the morning the ground was was moving it was vibrant i could feel it rumbling underneath me and there were all these like headlights and torches flashing i could see through the tent and all these russian guy voices i was like shit in hell and and i literally (laughs) i lay in my tent thinking what am i gonna do if i if i go out they're gonna see it's just me so you know potentially there's like 20 of them and me and i thought oh that's bad and then i started thinking i left everything on my bike because i thought i was in the middle of nowhere so my wallet mm. passport everything is oh, is on my tank bag on the bike which was just next to my tent so i thought right i'm gonna have to i've got to go i've got to man up here so i unzip the tent i'm in my pants i'm in my boxers like i, I took three, <laughs> i took three pairs of boxers with me for a year and a half so you can imagine the state of them and i, I stuck my head out of the tent and just sort of looked at them and went all right give them the thumbs up everything all right <laughs> they said something and then said like uh, english english and i was like no 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 not english scottish scottish and someone went <laughs> some russian guy went ah Scottish oh hi the new and they all started saying something <laughs> turns out they were like road workers and they were here to 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 build a road through this forest where I was no, right. so the, the guy said um one guy that could speak English he said you know we, we are going to be working here we're 
but through the night, so we're very sorry if we keep you awake, but you stay where you are and we will work around you. So I was like, oh, thank you. That's great. Thank you very much. So I went back in at my tent. Now I'm all happy. I just straight to sleep, fall straight asleep. I woke yeah. up about half five, six-ish, so a few hours later, opened up the tent to, to pack the bike up, and literally this beautiful forest that I'd gone to sleep on the edge of had gone. They'd just, they'd just bulldozed the forest and left a little, a little island right around me in my tent. And literally everything else had gone. So I was like, bloody hell. So I packed the bike up, got Jeez. on it. So everything's now mud now. The, the, the sort of dirt track is just mud churned up by all these lorries. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm on a bloody jigsaw. I've got to try and, you know, off-road through the mud on a jigsaw on road tires. This is going to be fun. And all this, Engl this guy that spoke English, he was just like, you know, wheelie, you wheelie? So he's wanting me to wheelie. <laughs> In the mud, down the road. I was in the like, mud. Nah, you're all right, man. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's just a crazy story oh, to see this beautiful forest yeah, gone in about Good two job hours. They saw you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Imagine that. But I mean, they were yeah. so friendly. You know, twenty odd geezers, Russians, in the middle of nowhere, friendliest people you're ever going to meet. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's always the way. Right, um, so that's enough about. I always do sorry about my trip. I keep bringing yeah. my bloody trip. Up. Good story. <laughs> yeah, good story. I was expecting you to sort of nip out of the tent and go, "Hey guys, keep it down." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have we got here, uh, Dave Gilligan, nineteen eighty one. How much inspiration did they get from? <laughs> how much inspiration did you get from Lloyd and Harry and Dumb and Dumber? Very good, very good. <laughs> we do get that. Yeah, yeah. Then Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace yeah, and Gromit. Yeah. 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 We did try and get the sponsorship from Morrison Gromit, the one from the guys that created. We sent him an email, yeah. yeah. Didn't hear from them, yeah. but we did try. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> well, I've just, yeah. I've just thought of this because I've seen it here. Have you done anything with the English Electric Motor Company? Have you been approached by them at all? Have you, have you got any experience no. of electric bikes? No, I haven't got any any experience with electric bikes. I wonder if there's yet. an electric yeah. electric sidecar. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah. yeah, Ural were developing an electric sidecar out in the states, and it was um, going to do something that they've made like a prototype. prototype. Yeah, I uh, don't think they're going to develop it. They were keeping an eye on it. But they started developing it last year or the year before, and, yeah. and we were thinking. We're your guys to, to do a competition yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Surely they want yeah. it. I'm, I'm, but, um, I'm flying that flag for the normal electric bike. It's like, hmm, if only yeah, there was someone yeah. that would be willing to ride one around the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, yeah. Um, I think it's got great capacity for yeah. it. Bang a load of batteries in the sidecar. Abs off you go. Absolutely. So, yeah. Initially, I thought, it's oh, it's the extra weight and the resistance, it would zap the battery. But you're right. There's. There's so much more real estate to 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 yeah. facilitate the batteries, isn't there? Some Interesting. Are just empty tin cans, so mm. a load of it up with battery. You're well, I, we'd be up to give it a go. It's a good idea, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Alec, uh, English Electric Motor Company. He's um, before he got into electric, he was a custom bike builder. So now he's moved into electrics, he still dabbles in customising a few electric bikes and tweaking them here and there and trying to increase battery capacity, range, that sort of stuff. Might be worth dropping them a little line. In fact, I'll, I'll put you in touch with them if you want, because if yeah, I seen... Are you at the Overland event this year? You are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think they're at it. I'll, I'll drop them a line and say, get them to come That'll and say hello cool. to you guys. That'd be interesting. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are you coming this year, Bruce? I was, I was supposed to be, and then 
it was all looking a bit ropey as to whether it was going to happen. And I had a tour planned because mm-hmm. I, I do tours um, as well, predominantly to Spain. So I had a tour booked in then when I didn't think it was going to happen. And then obviously COVID's really reared its head again over there. And um, that tour's now been cancelled. But I'm now away doing something in the UK over that weekend. So the long and short of it, no. Um, sadly. I do like it. It's about the only it's about the only sort of event outside of the bike shows that I I really do. And I, I really yeah. enjoy the Overland event. It's a good, it's a good friendly yeah, weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's fun, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. laugh. Yeah, it's a good one, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, well, we've got a couple more questions on Instagram, but I'm dying to hear about your Armchair Film Festival. So um, let me have a quick scout through these questions to see if anyone brings it up. Um, Loads of questions, man. man it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I, I, I love the format yeah. of just throwing it out there to people because you, you never know what folk yeah. are going to yeah. ask. The only trouble is sometimes I get all yeah. these questions in my head that I want to ask you about, and sometimes you get sidetracked mm-hmm. with a whole load of other things, and then you you finish the whole yeah. chat and think, ah, oh, I didn't I didn't ask about this. Um, so I tell you what, yeah. let's let's bring up the Armchair Film Festival. What is it? How did it come about? And how do you get involved? Sure, sure yeah. thing. Yeah. So I mean, back in April when lockdown was kind of starting to take it's like grip on the country and everyone was going a bit nuts. Um, we thought we'd do the armchair and we thought we'd try and create like a virtual overland event or a virtual adventure festival, basically, because everything was going virtual. Yeah. And um, we just thought this idea, so let's get in touch with a few mates who have done adventure stuff and get them on camera and either interview them or do like live presentations and just put it out on the internet and see who's interested. So we, we emailed a few mates and then they emailed a few mates. And then before we knew it, three weeks later, we were putting on a full weekend festival yeah. and Charlie Borman headlining. And we're like, what the hell is going on? That's awesome. Um, and it just flipping yeah. blew up. Yeah, it was the maddest three weeks of my life. Like 100 email a day kind of wow. scenario. Just insane amount of stuff going on. Um, and it just blew up and it was just went amazingly well. We had... Well, we, we had 20,000 people watch the stream and... Seriously? Um, a, yeah, ridiculous amount of people. Not at one time, like over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about a thousand... It peaked at a thousand people at one time. That's fantastic. Um, when Charlie and Claudio were on, yeah. which mm. was mad, yeah. And best of all, we raised um, just shy of 10 grand for the NHS Charities Together Fund. So fantastic. It was good. Good yeah. on you. Yeah, so it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, hmm. we, we raised more money for charity that weekend than we did going around the world. Oh, yeah, scary <laughs> psycho, which was ridiculous. So we just thought of that at first. Well, it can only go but, from um, strength to strength. Yeah, no. Brilliant. Yeah, hopefully, man. We're doing more stuff with it and um, doing monthly film nights and stuff, eh? So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of... Um, we kind of looked at it. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have done it if it weren't for COVID, really. Mm. But then... Um, it's uh, we kind of think there's probably scope to continue it even after COVID. It's, it's one of them things, Definitely. you know. It's um, some people seem to really enjoy. They love the fact that it's live. It's like it kind of captures that sort of anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun as well. It keeps keeps us on the end of our seats as well yeah. doing this. <laughs> and, you know, it's um, that's that's great. And then then I must have done these film nights and. Then, yeah, we'll see. Like real films on as well. Yeah. Like proper Netflix quality yeah. films, which has been really cool. The quality and, of um, stuff is amazing yeah, now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. What people are producing yeah. just in the living room for yeah. the Mac or whatever, it's mad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, this month, 
we've got one going on. I'm not sure when this is going out, Bruce. When's it going out? So uh, this one will go out on Wednesday. Yeah, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday you coming. saw us on Monday night. <laughs> we, had good, we had a good time. Yeah, so we're doing we're doing Reese's short film. He's made about London to Cape Town mm. on Monday night, and then we've got a big festival in winter. We're doing 27th to 29th of November. We're doing another big like Brilliant. proper festival. Where we'll get people on and, and have chats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's awesome. been so much fun. Yeah, it's just a good crash. So. It's, it's a good thing. I mean, I kind of I, I imagine like you. When you sort of come back from a trip, it's kind of finding your place, yes. kind of, and direction of where you, if you want to continue in this sort of, I suppose, niche field to a degree. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of put us nicely in a position where we feel that it's something we can continue with. I was going to ask. Um, so obviously, yeah. it's it's like it's quite nice in that respect, and it gives us some sort of well work on as well as doing our own ventures and side yeah. stuff. We've got another thing now and another entity that we enjoy yeah. doing. Yeah. To focus within the on. sort of. Um, yeah, exactly, and it, and it helps you get in touch with sort of like-minded people yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you suffer with the post-trip blues then when you came back, or how have you been? No, we always say actually we're probably some of the few who did it, mm. and, and and the reason being um, was probably Russia. Yeah, yeah. It, it was because it was so it was the end. It was cold. It was it was. Can it wait was for it to end. Yeah, it was honestly because we thought because so it was yeah we we always joked we were going in on breakfast because we thought it might be our last one yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, but it was that's what it was like uh, so when we got home it was like that is a relief like yeah I think if you'd have, if you'd have, if you'd have pulled me home at Canada yeah I'd have been like you know it'd yeah, been a completely yeah. different thing yeah. I think after you know after six months seven months I probably had a bit more of a you know. I've, I've missed missed it more. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. But of the initial feeling, I don't think I got what some people describe as like like what now, feel like yeah. grief. Yeah, I think I think I definitely um, a few nights I'd lie there and just think like it feels weird not to be outside. Yeah, like I've just felt mm-hmm. I haven't been not camping for so long. Yeah, or, like and it's just that life is just not the same back home as it is on the road which is good in many many ways and in other ways there's just that little bit of excitement and that little bit of what's going to happen and uh you know just kind of that like feeling yeah. you get when you're out on the road that yeah. is very different there's, yeah totally i think there's also yeah i think there's also like if you go for something for a certain amount of time probably longer than i don't know six months a year when i got back you know obviously you kind of end up in this bubble of what you're doing and when you get back everyone who knew has moved on and done something else in some degree. Mm-hmm. So there's some people who I probably spoke to before I left, I don't speak to them more, mm. just because subconsciously you've grown apart, whether you would have grown apart right, okay. you're not doing a trip, you don't really know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just sort of you, people's lives have gone in different directions while your life and doing that. And that's kind of a weird thing. You kind of don't think about it, I don't think. like, you know, and It's not like a natural thing to you because you've literally put whatever your life is before on hold. Yeah. And in my head, yeah. I kind of thought I was going to come back and pick it all back up exactly how it was. Yeah. But it wasn't because other people's lives was progressed in different directions. Mm. Of course it would do. You just don't really think about it. Yeah. yeah. I found it hard. Uh, Mine was almost not the opposite of that, but but for me, I, I kind of felt like my whole world had changed and I had changed, but everyone, when I came back, everyone else was just yeah. the same. They hadn't, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's yeah. just everyone still had like certain certain mindsets and opinions of 
of countries, of people, of of scenarios, which maybe I would have shared beforehand. My opinion on it totally changed because, like Russia, for example, yeah. uh, uh, when for me, I grew up sort of in the seventies, eighties, nineties, right through the Cold War. Russia's the enemy. Russia was the enemy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like they yeah. are what you need to look out for. And and everyone was telling me about how bad Russia was going to be. People who'd never, ever been there, never been on a trip, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And you listen to these people. Yeah. And then once you go somewhere and experience it and you see that they're actually some of the nicest people on the planet. And, and that was yeah, yeah. that was the same everywhere. South America, Central America, you know, it's, it parts of Africa. Yeah. P- people are just so nice. And, and my opinions totally changed about a lot of things and I'll come back and it was almost uncomfortable to be around people who perhaps I might have had the same opinion about certain things beforehand and you're like it's just you need to travel you need to get out there and meet these people yeah I really think that as well like there's many people who can get doing this kind of stuff I think the better for the world I know everyone can't but it's it's great and doing this sort of stuff and giving those opinions to people as well is great I think I agree I, I got home and so many people were just doing the same, and even like getting home, yeah. got back and was like, "Mum, I'm back." By the way, mm. like, hi. So yeah. like, it's just like, wait on me, hand and foot. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, you know, what I mean? and behold it, the, the great adventurer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you just sit home and you just mm. and just crack on with life again, and it is kind of weird just to return to that normal life. But I think for us, because we were kind of like got ourselves into this kind of like adventure scene and stuff. There was lots of people to chat to yeah. where you yeah. can kind of like, they have like been there and done yeah. that. I know it sounds so cliche and a bit like wanky to say like, you weren't there, man, you don't know. But <laughs> like it is, you do have to go and do this kind of thing to understand yeah, yeah. like what it's, what it's all about, I think. In what, some ways. What, what a really big help for me was one of the first sort of people I spoke to well, I was sort of interviewed by, if you like, when, when I got back. I'd been back for a while and was just didn't know what the hell was going on. And and uh, Nathan, Nathan Millward contacted me and said, yeah. you know, I want to write a piece. I think he was writing for one of the mags. Adventure Bike Rider, it might have been. And uh, I think he was the editor, yeah. wasn't he, at one stage? But anyway, he said, Do you want, I want to meet up. Tell me a bit about the story. So I went up and, and spent, like, hours chatting to him just over a couple of coffees at the Ace Calf. And and we got onto this, you know, he said, how are you coping with being back? And it's the first time anyone had ever mentioned about the post-trip blues because nobody mm. mentioned it before I went. No yeah. one was talking about it. So no, I thought I... I was the only one going through this thinking, you spoiled, no. you spoiled twat. You know what I mean? You've had the time of your life <laughs> and now you've got to come back to the real world, man up and get on with it. Yeah. And um, yeah. chatting with Nathan, you know, Nathan opened up and said that he'd really... He'd really struggled yeah. with depression and, mm-hmm. and mental health and stuff during various yeah. different parts of his trips and stuff. And it was just like this massive eye-opener to go, oh, wow, other people go through this. Oh, okay, right, all right. Yeah. So it's not it's not just me. A lot of people are. And then more people yeah, seem to talk about sure. it now, for sure, definitely. It seems to be a topic that's brought up more and more, certainly at the Overland event. And it's it's just... It's nice re- and it's reassuring to hear that other people yeah, go through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. No, I, I think you're right. Folk, I think people should maybe be a bit... I think people are aware now that that may well be a part of of your trip. You know, if you're away for a long time, yeah. when you come back, it can take a while to adjust, a year, two years to adjust and get back to yeah. you know, yeah. normal life again. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. There's so many different kinds of trips, aren't there? It's like mm. people do this kind of stuff. And I think like us, we do like a year and a half, whatever. And then you meet people like Lisa and Simon Thomas who 16, 17 yeah. years on the road. That's or their whatever. life, isn't it? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just keep going and going and going. And um, Sam, so many different eight years. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. I mean, imagine the post trip blues from that yeah. one. <laughs> I asked yeah, him. I asked so. him about that, and he yeah. said, he said, um, I think Sam said it was a case of he's learnt to focus on the next thing, whatever that might be. He's learnt just to focus his mind on his next adventure. Yeah. It might not be for a year or two, but I've got something else mm. coming. So maybe I with think, you guys yeah. having the the festival and stuff to to plan. Maybe that helps. Well, yeah, we, yeah we, I'd be fair <clears throat> saying that. But as soon as we got back, we straight away did think, what well, what could we do next? We didn't yeah. want to sit on it. Yeah. Um, so I think it did help us a bit. We, we, we had this idea, which we had rolling, which we parked a little bit for the time being, but we probably will pick it up in the future to just look at potentially sort of um, sidecar tours and that sort of stuff. is it explorable because it's sort of like something that people don't really touch upon but it is actually a lot of fun yeah. yeah Um. so and so we started working on it really quite hard and we got quite far in the line Um. to the point where we were looking at a, a, couple, a selection of certain bikes to use um, that we thought captured the image of like a vintage cool sidecar almost 60s outfit that yeah, you sort yeah. of have in your head and then, um, and then we just decided they weren't going to be quite strong enough. Right you weren't the right time. Yeah. And it wasn't quite the right bike, really. So we parked it until we have the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then we realised we were potentially, because of maybe what you said there, I think we were rushing it to try and keep yeah, the adrenaline something. buzz going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and as a result of that, though, I think that maybe did help us sort of off off the slide a little bit, if you know what I mean, sort of steady the drop a bit. Mm -hmm. So. I think yeah. a lot of people do that kind of thing. Yeah. I think I remember hearing Steph talk about how she was planning to go across Africa on a camel or something. <laughs> people just start planning crazy yeah, stuff yeah, and, yeah. Do and just hope, you know, your next adventure. I wanna get I wanna get Steph on on here actually. There's a lot of people have, have said, yeah, Oh, could you could you get Steph on for a chat? So she's always a good laugh, yeah. she's always a good good giggle. Yeah, 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 good yeah, yeah. Shit, yeah she is, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, right, uh, who else have we got here? Uh, Catalan Adventure. Oh, she's just been putting an article together for on you guys for Moto Gusto magazine. Oh, cool. So check that oh, one out. That's Catalan awesome. Adventure on, yeah. on Instagram. Um, keep an awesome. eye out for that. Awesome. Uh, Arctic Riders just saying that he, he loves your stuff. Have you met Gordon, Arctic yeah. Rider? Hey, Gordon, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And he's but, such a nice bloke. Yeah. Really, really nice. Never lad. met him in person, but well, yeah, he's such a lovely man with speaking for lines and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is, yeah. man. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Really good. He does, he's done a yeah. lot of stuff for charity. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Who we got here? Uh, the Mad Leprechaun. Hang on, hang on, Teapot One. That's a sidecar. You still, <laughs> you still have to fulfil your challenge. This chap, the Mad Leprechaun, Mert, he got in touch with me a year or two ago, and basically said, "I have a, a motorcycle and sidecar. You have got to come and try it." And I've been putting it off, putting them off, putting them off for about yeah. two years. He's come and met me at shows, going, "I've still got the sidecar, so um, <laughs> it looks like it's going to happen. I'm going to have to, I'm yeah. going to have to take this." <laughs> Right, that was the uh, Instagram questions, and now we've got a couple on um, Facebook as well. So let's just move across there and have a quick look. Uh, 
Another one, Wacky Welshman. What was your highest and lowest points on the trip? Well, we, we kind of covered that, haven't we? Um, epic. Best I've done on a 125cc scooter is three and a half day trip. We <laughs> well, you kind of beat that. Yeah, you beat that definitely. Uh, what else? You had a few here? more CCs too. Yeah. Yeah. What was the CC of your scooter? Two seven nine. Two seven nine. Yeah. Oh, was it right? Yeah. But then, like you um, said, you're carrying it's... a big old. It flew you know. when it was solo, man. <laughs> Such a good bike in general, but um, yeah, we'll put the side by it. I didn't quite like it quite as much. Have you still got it? Yeah, I've yeah, still got the rig. Yeah, go pick it up tomorrow. Take it to the Overland event. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. what what are you doing at the Overland? Are you I take you you're just giving presentations or um, you got a book coming well, out? Yeah, you? We're, we're, yeah, we're launching the book in mm. real life, nice. so that's where you'd be able to first get your hands on a copy. Mm. Um, so yeah, we just finished writing that, which is exciting um, to finish it and actually publishing it and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. give me a show, man. You wrote it. Do you want me to show it? It's right here, guys. Fantastic. Right here. We've got <laughs> we've got them we've got them absolutely everywhere right now. Where's that um, available? Yeah it's on the Armchair Adventure Festival shop is the best place okay, armchairadventurefestival.com yeah. forward slash shop Beautiful. or you can probably get on Amazon I think but yeah cool. get on shop then you get a nice signed one and a free sticker too hey, you go. everyone bikers love stickers right? honestly <laughs> love stickers St yeah get some stickers stickers do well <laughs> definitely stickers yeah. do well I'll leave links down below yeah. folks if you want to um, if you want to get yourself a bike and a sticker they'll be in the show notes and description yeah. so did you guys self-publish or have you got a publisher on board or well we self-published um, but we've been exceptionally lucky and had some support from something called the Change Your World Fund okay which is it's, I don't know if you've heard of it um, it's a it's a fund based out in the States it is once upon a time it was or it maybe still is the charitable arm of the Overland Expo which is like the big overlanding event out in the States yeah I've seen them on Insta yeah they're an awesome bunch of people and their founders Jonathan and Roseanne you're right, mate. The just camera just stopped just, I just think the camera just stopped oh. the camera just stopped sorry man just want to check that out I've yeah, my See. my alarm's just gone off now. All right, we sync um, up the audio again. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Right, let's um let's try and seamlessly blend this in. So yeah. your your book, did you guys self publish or uh, did you get a publisher on board or how did that work? Yeah, so we were super, super lucky because um, we self-published, mm -hmm. but we had a huge amount of support through something called the Change Your World Fund, um, which is like the charitable arm of the Overland Expo, or kind of was. It was basically founded by the founders of the Overland Expo, um, two people called Jonathan and Roseanne Hansen, who are like the gods of the overlanding world but they know everything yeah. about overlanding in any way shape and capacity um anyway they founded this thing called change the world fund um it was founded in honor of uh, this guy called alistair farland who was on a motorcycle journey and sadly crashed um he was going from australia and he crashed and lost his life in the states mm -hmm. just after going to the overland expo and they 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 um they linked up with his family and set up this awesome fund um, because Alistair was all about people from our age or our generation generation getting out and going and doing adventures yeah. and making films about them and making other people do them so or making or writing books so basically that's how it came about and these guys decided to uh, we met Jonathan and Roseanne they invited us along to the RGS conference last year yeah. and we met them there and um, yeah they just decided to support the book project so they've like 
funded us to get editing support and cover design and stuff and things and also just put so much time and work into it like they have put they've been like putting as much time and working it as us i think and that's so i feel so sorry for roseanne who did like one of the first reads and saw how many times i wrote it was amazing (laughs) so (laughs) um yeah they've been unreal so we so basically we've self-published but with sort of a publishing house level of editing support so it's actually like well it should be a really good book because we've had all the tools of uh, published so awesome um, super lucky yeah yeah very lucky so and that's available now that's available on your website links all down below and on amazon you said yeah yeah yeah, it's on Kindle, and um, if you're, like, around the world, I think we'll be doing it on Amazon where you can get a bit of a worse quality version, but don't pay the mad shipping fees. Right. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So get yeah. yourselves a copy, folks. Beautiful. Awesome. Mm. Um, ah, here is a cracking question. This caught my eye before we restarted the, the camera there. Andy Barton, he said, what have you found out about each other that you love and hate? <laughs> oh my god um, I've never been asked well, yeah, that question well done Andy because I've <laughs> never, never been asked that yeah, never. No. Wow. Um, we always get asked like how hard it was um, but let's not be politicians about this let's yeah. answer Andy's real let's question let's get into the nitty gritty yeah. yeah. what do we love and hate about each other uh, you want to go first mate <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I can do hey um, out with the no. list like um, that. right unfold yeah, a bit of yeah. <laughs> um, I mean usually we do we do we do get this um, there's a, there's an interesting way we usually answer the, a similar question which touches upon not love and hate yeah, so don't, 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 no, don't dodge it I, I'm not dodging it I'll, I'll say what we usually say and then we'll go we'll go politician so, <laughs> it's my hate one I'm going to agree to be a politician <laughs> so this is actually true though usually these days or whenever I'm on the trip people say that I have a great respect for the person I'm travelling with mm-hmm. so you know that's why we work together the difference is we have no respect for each other whatsoever. <laughs> and what that means is, is that I don't care at all, ever, when Matt's annoyed with me, upset with me, yeah. is disliking me, and I know that he's feeling exactly the same way. Right. Yeah. So if I've annoyed Matt, um, I don't care, yeah. and Matt doesn't care, and then it's down, the onus is on the other person to, to get deal with it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you know they don't care. Yeah. So all you're really doing is annoying yourself yeah, more. Yeah. So you might yeah. as well just crap on so there. Just have a nap yeah. inside car, wake up, and, and so that's yeah. why we had very few arguments. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Um, yeah, yeah, because we just knew the, there was really very rare that we actually both cared about an issue. Because if someone was angry or whatever. The other one just wouldn't care that they're angry. <laughs> so it wouldn't really... You can't, you can't fight nothing, can you? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Very I wouldn't, rarely. I wouldn't really advise get. you do that with the other halves, people. Because right? <laughs> no. that could get expensive. Something, it's <laughs> yeah. not a very healthy relationship, no. And, um, yeah, so... Um, no, love and hate, though. Um, uh, phew, tough one. Matt used to have a really annoying habit. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, keys. Oh yeah, really annoying. When you, you got a, a sidecar, we talked about the fact you could put loads and loads of things in a sidecar, and we'd be carrying. If everyone said a hotel, whatever, 
and we'd go to a hotel and we're lugging about five bags apiece. Right. And if Matt had the keys, which, you know, at least half the time, um, it would be, I don't know where the keys are. Oh. I might have left them. <laughs> and we're just holding so back, are you kidding? But then it would be like, it would be like this. Yeah. And then and then it'd be straight back to the original pocket yeah. that she was feeling, and yeah. there are the keys. <laughs> which is funny. When we, people always happen to everyone. But in Russia, when you've done 12 hours in a freezing cold, you just want to get in the room. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing every time. Yeah, that's quite a small thing. Um, I mean, I, th- I don't really, I don't really think I'd say I'd hate anything about Reese. There was there was the normal like day to day like God, it's annoying that it's just that really gross bloke here all the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it stinks yeah, and yeah. stuff. But then I think you've also got to recognise that you are the same thing to Absolutely. them. So yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not like um, on his own really gross. I think. Um, it was it was tough to like um, it was tough to adjust to the other person's ways yeah, people do yeah. things because like Reese and I naturally do things quite differently. We're both very chilled out, which is very helpful. Yeah. So generally speaking, but like Reese will do things a lot slower than me in life. Like Reese will take his time about things. He'll go and like look at something for like five minutes on the way he's there, then maybe put something in a bag. Maybe like, and he'll be rushing for a bus while this is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll, and then he'll like tie his laces or something, and maybe go for a wee like five or six times. And it's just a very slower kind of like way of doing things, yeah. uh, but which is why he knows where the keys are. Whereas me, I'm like, right, I'm just bosh that in there. I want to get out of here. I'm going to this thing. That's going next. And oh, it's yeah. like quite. He's like getting in that like adjusting to how the other person does things is, can be quite weird brilliant it's, it's true actually yeah because sometimes I do actually think like you, you won't find something to be an issue and then and then, but you cannot see why it could be an issue so we should avoid it becoming an issue and then you're just like oh, it's, it's fine mm. yeah so, so it's kind of like that yeah so what about like now yeah. now you've you've done the trip and you're back to normal life are there, mm. is there anything that you you've noticed now about each other whether you like or don't like that you didn't notice on the trip is there a flip side to it um, it's a difficult question to put people in that one yeah that is a difficult <laughs> question i mean to be honest also the other thing is we do now live about 200 miles away from each oh, other. Do you? So yeah. they actually see each other often. Oh, yeah, no, I live yeah. in the northeast in Newcastle now, in East ah, London. Right, so. right. okay. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, to be honest, um, people say like about the work, about trips changing them and stuff. Um, I don't think like we changed that much, or maybe me and Reese like changed at the same pace. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're doing everything together, so it doesn't feel yeah, like maybe, yeah. a lot of people back home might say we changed. Has anyone said that like, to you? Then I haven't noticed it. Like looks definitely. People say, people say, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. So like grown up, people say, like, yeah, yeah we're, we're children. We left and then came back. A little bit older children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get that quite a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. I suppose, yeah, the things that I, I'd say ch- changed are things that I feel like I, I've probably changed myself, like just like perspective mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But I think anyone could say that if it's a trick or just like growing up through life. Like, I don't think yeah. that's a... Yeah. Well, yeah. just chalking off a big challenge you'd set for yourself, I think that gives you like a different perspective on life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just to say like, 
self-confidence isn't it it's like yeah. you, you set yeah. yourself that huge challenge and you actually went out there and you grabbed the world by the horns and you did it and it, for me it was like oh i can i am capable of of whatever i set my mind to i've got to want to yeah. do it it's not like i can do anything i can't if, if i want to do something then it's yeah. going to happen i'll, I'll make that happen mm. it'll happen somehow by hook mm. or by crook but i've got to really yeah. want it to happen you know for me yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm doing that. Cool. Um, right, last one. Georgie Sabeth. Um question oh question for Bruce. Sorry about this. I wanted to ask for a long time, how on earth did you manage to do your trip with a track orientated Dionysi leathers? Uh for for me, I, I was doing it on a sports bike, so I always had it in my head that I was gonna do it in leathers, so and I always wore leathers beforehand, so I pretty much lived on I lived on my bike. I'd only ever ridden Jixers. I was used to doing forty odd thousand mile a year all through the year in leathers. So it's no different for me. But they Are they comfy, bro? At the time they were. Yeah. Now I mean I've I, I went through two sets. Um w- one set. By the time I got to the States, I'd um I'd managed to pick up a sponsor on my trip and one of the conditions of the sponsorship was that when I got to the States, I had to go to Houston to their globe. They were an oil company. So I had to go to their global HQ and they were going to arrange a load of media. So I actually ended up on Fox news. <laughs> Talk about devices. Oh, right. Half Good the country on, watches man. half of the other country doesn't. But um, the sponsor were like, you cannot wear those. Like, I don't know if you saw, but they were white, white two piece race. I've letters. Seen, yeah, I've seen the video, yeah. So by the time I got, to the states you know i've been on the road for a year and a half i'd um i'd had dengue fever at some point going through southeast asia so i've you know i've, I've vomited and shat myself in these leathers they were, <laughs> they, were, they, were they were horrendous I'd, I'd lived in them constantly for like a year and a half so the rucksack had worn away the back and the shoulders had worn away the arse had worn away where i'd been sat so they were like you cannot wear them on national tv so they yeah. they bought me a brand new set of leathers and got them all liveried up with the logos. So it, it, was, it actually worked against us because there I am, the great adventurer on this news program, but I'm in pristine white leathers, you know, and it's like you you haven't been on the road for a year and a half, and it's well. so I ended up with two sets of leathers and um, neither of which fit anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just I was just used to you just. As you, you touched yeah. on it, didn't you? you? You, when you're living on the road, especially if you're camping wild, you're gonna stink. It's just fart and parcel. Yeah. So, yeah. I would sort of live wild for five or six days and then book into a cheap hostel or motel and stand in the shower in my leathers, yeah. <laughs> stand there for an hour and wash them off. <laughs> yeah. right. What, what so did you guys wear on your trip? Happen just this really yeah well for the first like for africa we were like fully kitted out the yeah. whole time all time god bikes are dangerous let's wait absolutely like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a really hot bit yeah. yeah and then by the time we got around the world a bit more we t-shirts <laughs> we, always had, like, yeah, we, we had this idea before again like we, you know, we were doing and because we weren't bikers yeah. we our, our impression was that people who wore leathers looked dangerous <laughs> so we thought we didn't want to wear anything like the stereotypical biker because we wanted to look as least biker as possible yeah. so we wore like padded jeans and stuff yeah. like that yeah, yeah, yeah. but then obviously by the time a couple of months in we were like 
just the most ridiculous thought process we could possibly think of. Yeah. But we, we weren't bikers by any stretch. So, yeah. um, but I mean, we could have been in shorts and t-shirts because yeah. it did have a big stabilizer on it. And, you know, yeah, you can get thrown off it. But I mean, by the time we, when it was hot in the States, we'd sit in the sidecar in a t-shirt just feet up on the side oh, yeah. Yeah. Relaxing. yeah because take your shoes off yeah. I mean oh. we were driving so slowly yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> the road rash would be like bicycle standard so yeah the amount of times yeah. when I was on my trip where I'd be in these places where it's like 80, 90 100% humidity it's 30, 40 mm. degrees outside the locals are literally in flip flops shorts sometimes yeah, no yeah. t-shirts and I'm in full leathers and I was just like, yeah. oh, what am I doing? But I I think the most yeah. the most I ever did was take my gloves off. So I'd ride with no gloves. Yeah. And that's probably oh, the worst yeah. thing you could do because it's the first thing you put down. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would yeah, maybe yeah. take I would take my, my gloves off. And I remember in Australia it was like 52, 53 degrees. And it was too hot. I had to put my gloves on because my hands was were cooking. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I if I would say, yeah, you're a positive psychiatrist, you can probably be a little bit more lenient with your padding. Yeah. If I was on a yeah two wheels, I, I don't think I'd have. I wouldn't be on two wheels. No, yeah. yeah. Like we we had a seat belt in the sidecar. <laughs> Did you? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick your shoes off. Have a nap. Also, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, and it's also like you know, the sidecar flips over. If you're sat in the sidecar, how you've managed to flip that thing in the first place yeah. means you're much more bothered than even just. Having the padding on that anyway yeah. must be something else much more seriously at play. Yeah, yeah so. definitely. But yeah, yeah. Huh? So, yeah but, cool. Well, yeah. I tell you that—that's all the questions. Um, yeah, that's that's all the questions we've gone through. So, uh, Patreon, right, Instagram, cool. and cool. Facebook. There was loads of stuff that I oh. wanted to chat about at the start, and I didn't. I didn't in case they were covered in the questions. Um, we covered the Armchair Festival. Mm-hmm. Highs and lows—that's covered. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Well, I'll tell you what, is there anything you guys want to chat about? Is there anything on your oh, mind? We, 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 we chat about the book and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the armchair, lots of stuff. So I think kind of covered it all, really. Mm. Um, yeah, just come along and find out what it's all about in, 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 well, in virtual worlds. Come on to the armchair. That's what we're doing these days, really. And to be honest, it's been weird for us to be on the other side of the camera or the interview thing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we've just been so used to like finding out about other people's ad- adventures yeah. and stuff, kind of forgotten that we did one. Um, <laughs> so now, yeah, it's been it's been cool to do. Um, come along to an armchair night. It's always free and they're good fun. Just have to sign up on the website, armchairadventurefestival.com, and then we just get people to come on and talk about different adventures, watch Fantastic. films and stuff. Well, folks, check it yeah. out. And you, you've got a YouTube channel as well, haven't you, that, that covers the trip? Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so the YouTube channel has got like, um, yeah, the trip a little bit. We did like weekly videos at the time. We're actually in the process of um, turning it into a, like a three-part miniseries, really. Uh-huh. So the idea is we're actually going to, well, we will have, by the time this is released, we'll have aired the first episode of part of the book launch in London to Cape Town by Scoot and Sidecar which I've done. It's and then good. It's fun. Yeah, and, and then, so there will be two more episodes. It just kind of fit nicely for our trip because it was, the, the sections were in London, Cape Town, uh, the Americas, Russia, back to the UK. So we kind of thought it fits quite nicely. So the rest of it will all come up together as a whole 
end of this year, early next. Um, we said a lot of help from Austin Vince on that. As well. And you can yeah. see Austin's influence. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's good fun. He's been great. Did you do, awesome. did you do stuff, his but... film school before you went? No, no, we we um we did we didn't know again because we search novices back stuff. We didn't even know yeah. like we didn't even know what horizons was. We didn't know, wow. you know any of that stuff. We didn't have a clue. We no. went to what? So you went, you went on a trip without without any knowledge of horizons. Know horizons. No, yeah. 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 Wow. We yeah. did. We learned about Eye Overlander in Gondor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And we, and yeah. we. I remember like, the first Shit. week. We were like, yeah. there must. The first week we were like, we put like a little like montage ready to go our first week in a row and it must be like some motorcycle Facebook group must have been. yeah <laughs> well, only one of the yeah. biggest databases like, oh. in the world yeah yeah and then we're like oh Horizons Unlimited yeah nice. knew nothing about yeah. it God so, knows what wow. we've been doing for a couple of years yeah <laughs> getting sponsorship really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but we went to the yeah. everyone before on that but we did so Austin yeah. never knew we existed um, and then but we he got in touch with us I bought, I probably about Cape Town. Didn't he it? called me up in Cape Town on Facebook Messenger. Said Matt Bishop, I'm here to speak to you and make sure your film's not shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Austin. Yes, so you can come and play it at my festival. Great. He said, yeah, he said great. that to really me before I went, and then uh, I think he watched the first vid I did on my trip and then gave up. <laughs> he was just like, oh, really? yeah, <laughs> yeah, he won't be in my festival. I was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> he's a character, Austin. He's a character. Yeah, he's a character. He's a character. Yeah, but um, he just told us a load of tips on how to film stuff, mm-hmm. and we tried to listen. Sequence transition, sequence it's, transition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it is hard. Like you know, uh, even like editing stuff now. Like, um, I hope it's all right. I've, I've enjoyed doing it. Um, I've, I've still got a bit to do on it, and it's like it's like a learning process. Yeah, yeah. But also with it, you know, if you didn't if you didn't film it, then you did it right. There's limits as to what you can do in post, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. unfortunately, I can't get hop, go back to Sudan and reshoot <laughs> just, that. Just yeah. redo yeah. that one, yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. check all them out. Well, folks, all the links to everything websites, uh, everything YouTube channel, Armchair Film Festival, it will all be down below. So make sure you check them out. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. Gents, I've really um, enjoyed it. I, I hadn't actually. The first I heard about you guys was the start of COVID when someone mentioned something about an armchair film festival. And I was like, what, what, what is that all about? And then I must admit, it, it got lost on me because I was wrapped up in my own little world. And then somebody mentioned about you guys coming on here. And then another person and another person and another person. It was like, Wow, who are they? So then I had a look at your um, what you'd done. I thought, bloody hell, that's that's amazing. <laughs> how did how did that escape my radar? So um, it's really nice to meet you, chaps, and have a chat with you. And yeah, um, yeah, I look forward to hopefully meeting you in person and uh, you know hearing a bit more about your trip and your adventures to come. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for coming. You, um, yeah, thank you. If we don't see you uh, before the end of the year because of COVID stuff and whatnot. Hopefully, see you on the next Armchair Festival. Yeah, man. Love to. Yeah, definitely. Love to. Love to. Um, Who knows? There might be a winter overland as well. They normally do the winter overland festival. Yeah, winter warmer. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good laugh, actually. So, if we manage to do that, that'll be awesome. Right. Yeah. Jed, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Do you want to shout out to anyone or anything before we go? Just, um, yeah, check us out online, armchairventurefestival.com. We've got a Patreon page as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Sci-Kai just Patreon, guys. the Sci-Kai guys. Brilliant. So you get early access to all the armchair yeah. stuff. 
And there's a talk on there as well about our Siberia thing. So you want to hear more about that? There's a Siberia bonus yeah. to awesome. Patreon page. Yeah. Um, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It basically, you either have find our handles by armchairventurefestival.com or at the Psycho guys, guys. And we'll, we'll appear somewhere. Cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, folks, make sure you yeah. check that out. And um, Patreon, if you're that way inclined and you fancy giving them a little bit of support, then I, I know personally it's a huge help. So if you're that way inclined, make sure you check them out. Gents, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an Cheers, absolute man. pleasure, so and um, I look forward to meeting you in person, and we can have a beer in person. A good yeah. old matter. All right, looking forward to it. Awesome. Cheers, Bruce. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Utter pleasure, really is. Honestly, <laughs> folks, I hope you've enjoyed yeah. this one. It's been really nice to to chat with the lads about this, and um, I'm looking forward to finding out a little bit more. So I'll be checking out their site. Right, folks, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're still managing to struggle on through this. I've given up saying. It'll be all right. We'll get through because who knows what's going on. But keep doing your thing. Keep looking after those that you love. But most importantly, live your life. Woo-ha! Right, lads. Cheers. Got that done. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the little behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah.